0: And welcome to Gateways to Cinema, but not really this time, because we're talking about the Best Picture nominees from 2022. But really, that means they're 2021 movies. So... Yeah, kind of like Texas. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) God, I hope David
1: listens.
0: (laughs) Anyway, I am one of your hosts, Jacob Lacey, joined again today as always by Ooh Boy... He's seen every Best Picture nominee, and we have some different opinions on. <laughs> Wait, I didn't say Aaron again. I'm starting. I'm starting with Ooh boy every time. Right. It's just my official yeah, first name at this boy. point. I've accepted ooh it. Ooh boy, Han. He says Ooh boy around the house.
2: And I'm like, Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: ooh boy, <laughs> where you at?
2: Anyway. Yeah.
1: Hi. How you Hi. Doing? I'm I'm good. I <laughs> have I have seen I
2: have all the nomin- seen nomin- all nominations. Nominations. I said nomi- nomin nominations. <laughs> We're doing this horribly sleep deprived <laughs> <laughs> these movies are too long that, that, that's and the we had theme. so many of them to watch that's the common um so theme we finally finished we finally caught up at one o'clock on i guess sunday morning now Oscars let's not morning, sell our shelves one so o'clock
0: it's one thirty.
2: well i mean we we finished at <laughs> one oh, okay yes, yes, yes with the final movie yes, is what yes, i'm yes, saying yes, yes, yes. it one thirty now when we're not going to talk about but all of these, we're,
0: we weren't we weren't we weren't going to just not bring you our thoughts on these movies, right? We put in all the effort into watching all these movies. It's not, hard not work for, watching, not movies, for enjoyment you know? or you know, uh, in, in bettering ourselves on understanding the medium to talk about it. Yeah, to stroke our own egos. So yeah. we're just gonna do that. <laughs> Of course, ten movies nominated this year. Right. Um, we'll kind of talk about uh, other nominations they've received as we go. Probably. But um, we have the way we decided we're going to talk about it. We always have a little random way of doing it. Right. So we scored them. We we, ha- we took we, our rankings.
2: We have seen. We have both seen every single Best Picture nomination, which is rare. Right. We've been trying to do this, but we don't always do it every year. But this year we did manage to do it, and we each have our own personal ranking of what we're our favorite movies of these yes so we assigned those rankings uh numeric value and then i've added up the vo- the value of our two lists and we're going to talk about it in reverse order reverse. so in a sense it's kind of like our least recommended to most recommended movie but we're definitely going to have differing opinions dramatically differing opinions on some of these uh, entries but this is how the
0: list averages out we'll see you know so you ready to start Oh, I'm ready to start. So, Aaron, what is our least recommended as a uh, as a podcast this year? Our of the ten nominees. Yes. Our uh, our lowest one
2: with uh, three points is Don't Look Up. Yeah, I mean, how
0: could it not have been? We already knew this was going to happen. Don't Look Up. Don't Look Up. Uh, Adam McKay's most recent movie, uh, a little Netflix joint. Right. And it is a movie <laughs> that we watched...
2: Being able to say it's a movie at least puts it one step above Stop vice. That. Okay. So uh,
0: <laughs> I didn't know where we were going. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's we'll, we'll there's, get to it. There's we'll there's get, get to some it. real slander. I'm not. I'm not slandering the
2: point. other nominees until we get to those okay, nominees, gotcha, gotcha, you know. Gotcha. And then, then I can carry it through the rest of the podcast. Of you know, sure, Like sure, I can, sure. you know, I can talk crap about Don't Look Up from this point on because it's bad. It's not good. Okay. I don't. It's. I understand why I got a Best Picture nomination. But it shouldn't have, no, because it's very much just like that self indulgent, uh, you know,
0: preaching to the choir. Yeah,
2: exactly. That's that's the major problem with this movie, is that it's trying to do this satire um, and pointing the finger and blaming all these uh, things for uh, inaction on climate change and trying to poke fun um, while also being angry and uh, you know yelling at uh, the audience. But it's all—it's doing it in this format that just doesn't—it's not conducive to having that conversation, you no. know. Um, that it doesn't. Also, it who's, who's going
0: to watch this other than people who already agree with you? And even the people who already agree with you are like, "Yeah, we know this, man. Yeah. Like, what do you like? I mean, that's, what are you trying to do here? Yeah, exactly. It, it feels like
2: there's no real." There's nothing productive coming out of this movie. No. uh, In terms of actual... I mean, if the point of the movie is to just say, yeah, we're doomed. Climate change is going to destroy the planet. Then, yeah, you've made this movie. Okay, there it is. (laughs) You don't need to tell us again. We already know. But there's nothing... It's not... (laughs) It's not going to change any minds. It's not going to, you know, get any policies passed. It's not it's not doing anything even if it were to win a best picture nomination. It would just, you know, everyone would be uh mocking it the next day on Twitter anyway. You know, it's like I'm not yeah. saying the you know, it's it's satire, and obviously some people it, are going though? to. Well, is it we'll give it the benefit of the doubt and say it's satire, <laughs> and obviously, um, you know, satire is supposed to get pushback um, from, but that's mainly from the people in power, the people it's supposed to be speaking against. Mm-hmm. But this film is getting pushback from the, the the choir, you know, the preaching yeah. to the choir because it's yeah, it's like we know all this. You're not changing anything. You just made this bad movie in which you uh, are pointing the finger at celebrities and tech giants. And you're saying these are all these distractions we're having instead of enacting real policy change on climate change. You're just putting this in a Netflix movie. You got, and you get Leonardo DiCaprio in there. And you mm-hmm. get... Uh, who was it playing the president? Uh, Meryl oh, it was Streep. It Meryl Streep. Yeah, it's like... Yeah. Do you not see the irony here? <laughs> This is my rant against "Don't Look Up. This is the experience of what this movie you, is. Yeah, I'm letting like. you go, man. You got it. You know this is. This is I'm the... I'm hyped up on Mountain Dew right now, and it's one a.m. So Uh-oh. I got a weird energy. i have been drinking drink Mountain <laughs> Dew all
0: goddamn day. You gonna bring the demons out of me? Where's that movie's best picture nomination? You know, Hot Rod. Hot Rod. Hot, Hot Rod should win. Hot Rod got
2: robbed. But, I mean, like, that's what the experience of the movie is. Like, you even got that, you got that Oscar bait, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio scene where he's on the morning talk show or whatever. And yeah. then he just goes into this big rant. He does his Leo thing where he, you know, gets all, like, sweaty. And he's, like, like, pounding his fist on the it's table. It's
0: absolutely and, uh, just invoking broadcast news, but not nearly... Not broadcast news. Network. That network. Network, yeah. yeah. And it's just like, dude, this is not nearly as powerful as you think it is man not that leo's not a great actor because he is and i think he does what he can with this movie but it's just he's just not it's i don't know (laughs) it's it's not made with enough craft to hone the thing is we, we we talked about this while we were watching it mckay is a fantastic comedy director Mm-hmm. Amazing at it. The few comedic bits that are in this uh, movie are hilarious. There is one extremely excellent running gag in this movie
2: yes. um, about the the snacks in the White House. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny. It's it genuinely made me laugh out loud every single time they yeah. brought it. You know, the movie back to it. Mm-hmm. But like that's it. Those are the only laughs
0: in the movie. Yeah, and it's. Which makes them feel out of place when you're, yeah, and he just, Hmm. and we talked about this one a lot when, right after we watched it, because I am just such a big fan of the big short. I think that's a great mixture of his comedic stylings with uh, his more trying to say something, his more like important Mm -hmm. filmmaking ideas that he has now and then it all went to his head yeah it all went to his head so quick oh god (laughs) just get back with will ferrell man (laughs) like (laughs) come on buddy it's all right he wants to reconcile we know he does yeah I don't know man. So it, it's just it's it's uh there's just no blending of those styles and mm-hmm. he's not playing to his strengths anymore. He's playing absolutely to this idea of what he's been told his strengths are. Right. I don't know who's telling him this. <laughs> like I guess his friends. I don't know. It's the George Lucas effect, I suppose. <laughs> I, I, again, it's just he he got that
2: academy award uh, acclaim uh for the big short and that's all it takes really you know he's yeah. he's chasing that ever since. I mean it's a we've seen this arc before sure that sure. people uh you know people get a taste of the uh you know popularity uh, there's
0: almost a little bit of that in don't look up. I don't think he's aware of it. That's but, what, well, I mean. That's the thing.
2: So much of this movie, it would be, it would work so much better if there was any inward reflection onto, uh, you know, how it's made. Yeah. But he's just not willing to do it. You know, uh, Adam McKay just like wants to point the finger everywhere else, and he's never actually, you know, looking inward um, and addressing either his his uh, shortcomings as a director and as a storyteller. Or you know his limit, his limited uh, view on the um, on the subject because he's when climate change hits, he's not going to be the one the ones most affected by it. And no. He should know that, but it doesn't feel like he does. No, I don't
0: think he does. <laughs> I, yeah, it's that kind of thing where it's like it, there's so much more to do than make a movie that's not good that won't change minds like you were saying earlier there, there's so much more to do about this like I, I hate it's not always like the best answer to be like well couldn't you just put that money towards like something else it's like that's not always the best answer but when you make a movie as freaking expensive as don't look up had to have been right. come on man like yeah i don't know yeah it's don't look up we're, how, how spoiler are we gonna get with stuff? I like was this? just gonna ask you.
2: We can spoil it. Yeah. We're, well, we'll I this is like really the only proper way to one. talk about the nominations. We will spoil this. Uh, there will be a timestamp in the <laughs> description. God, you're putting a lot of. We did words. that last year.
0: <laughs> uh, did we? Yeah. Oh. Or last time we did this. I don't think we did one oh, last year. Oh, but, uh, you mean for when we move over to the next yeah. movie? Yeah, I thought you meant like breaking down when we talk about what I'm like, oh, God, it's late. I don't know. I can... But no, I get you. I get no, you. I just mean... You, you yeah, timestamp for when we switch to a different you, yeah, movie. Yeah, you can skip to a whatever movie. Um, <laughs> You can skip past the that the conversation The most about insane skipping. part, and yeah. I said this when we watched it, like the most unbelievable part of this is who cheats on Melanie Linsky. <laughs> I'm still upset about that. Who does that? You're taking this very personal. I am.
2: (laughs) I am. I didn't realize you were such a fan. Uh,
0: I like her. Yeah? She's nice. You know her personally? Yeah, she's a good, good, nice lady. Okay. (laughs) Oh, yeah, our celebrity guest is here. Come on in. Come on in, man. Oh, no.
3: (laughs) Oh, hi.
0: (laughs) I can't even do it. I was doing it so good the other day. I can't do it. I was going to try to do I was going (laughs) to... Well, you were going to try to do Mark Rylance. Mark Rylance, yeah. Yeah. He's doing... I got to hear it again.
2: I got to hear it. reprising his role from... uh ready player one of course (laughs) i mean this is this is pretty much what happens in ready player two spoilers for the book ready player two but then they just kind of the world ends and the the world or the world is going to end because of climate change and then at the end of ready player two they just kind of leave although because they're rich now they just build a space shuttle and they leave the planet and they just kind of completely ignore that uh everyone left is going to die and uh very weird book i don't know how i can't go on a rant about ready player 2 but jacob needs to uh listen to this impression and i need to fill the dead air so ready player 2 probably one of the worst books i've ever read in my life
3: hey everybody i'm I'm finally here
0: uh (laughs) it sounds like mickey mouse kind of what he's doing. (laughs) Do you think maybe... Mark, was your impression at all, uh, or your uh, performance, influenced at all by the corporate greed of companies such as Disney, of Walt Disney himself, the mouse, the king mouse himself, Uh was any of that uh, brought in?
3: Well, I do say that, uh, yes, I did, uh, I did, I did think a lot about, uh, uh, Mickey Mouse while doing this because that mousy, mousy little man, I just can't take him. But, you know, what I'm making don't look up. I'm mostly I'm just thinking about, oh, the, I'm think, I have all these ideas in my head. I'm thinking of a Mark Zucker nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of Jeff Jeff uh, Jeff Jeffrey Bezos and mostly the thing that I thought most about was why why am I making this movie <laughs> a lot of times I just I would just sit in my trailer and I'd cry. I'd cry because I I cry for the movies that Adam McKay could have made had he not gone down this path but again'm he's my friend so I have to make the movie with him. I don't, I don't know what I'm gonna do if I don't so here I am I'm Mark Rylance okay I'm
0: Mark get the hell out of here <laughs>
2: that was weird man I don't know I didn't like that It's kind of weird that he did he did that in character from Don't look up like it wasn't he didn't use his normal Mark Rylance voice he right. was just playing the character from don't look look up when Bye he Mark. came, even you though know. we invited him on the podcast
0: as himself. It was, it, it's a little weird. It was, it was a little bit of campaigning, I think, or season campaigning. Well, he's
2: already, he's already lost his window, I believe, you know, but
0: I think maybe if it's an audition for Ready Player Two, when you're uh, a man as committed as Mark Rylance, uh-huh. The campaigning's never over. The thing is you know? he, he also got a little taste of that
2: uh of that Oscar uh, gold and uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he kinda did. he kinda went off the deep end too.
0: Uh. yeah, what was it? Bridge of spies you it? Bridge won of for Spies, him? yeah. That was an alright one. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, good work. Good work, Mark. See it. See you later, buddy. Alright. He's got a long drive, he's gotta make he got- the Oscars though.
2: you know. He's <laughs> gotta drive all the way back to the other coast. <laughs> anyway. It's not gonna take a plane.
0: That was my big impression Mark Rylance for tonight. Does not I feel buy. like I'm just gonna bring one, you know, to every <laughs> Every to episode. Every episode. That was uh that was my Mark Rylance one, so yeah. that's the thing. If I ever do Mark Rylance from now on, it's just gonna be this character. <laughs> it's that guy. Anyway. I yeah. i I think I've expired all of my usefulness talking about don't look up. It's just it's just one of those movies that I think is better left forgotten. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's fair. not offensively bad. It's it's watchable. It's yeah. like
2: it's uh, you
0: know, it's uh it has,
2: you know, because it's there's literally world-ending stakes to it, you know, there's enough,
0: like, forward momentum to the movie where you're, like, you stay right. engaged the entire time. Even um, if the ending is absolutely a foregone conclusion from yeah. the very beginning. So yeah,
2: well, the movie's too angry to give you yeah. anything but a cop-out ending, uh, or or to give you a cop-out ending yes. where they, uh... right spoilers, uh, where they were to... If they were to save the planet, you know, uh, yeah. then it would be, like, uh, even more useless, I guess. I, I mean, that's. I think it would be a more interesting movie, probably. Yes. If they had some weird, you know, uh, out-of-nowhere
0: uh, solution Ron to Ron Perlman the thing. comes flying, and that's <laughs> the other connection. Ron Perlman. Yeah. I was talking about movie three ways earlier. Not with the prank, but... Just, like, the way you can connect movies with actors. Anyway. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah. No, I I agree. The thing is, the way to make this movie Mm -hmm. is to change almost everything about it. So, the very idea of just this ending work is, like it just its a non-starter there's there, there we shouldn't we shouldn't have even gotten to this point in the first place i mean the
2: thing is, is this movie's clearly very inspired by dr strangelove yeah and at that point it's just like yeah we know dr strangelove and it does everything you're trying to do 10 times better you know yeah it's much funnier mm-hmm. um and it's much more uh it, it hits that satire balance much much better mm-hmm. um just model yourself more after that, you know? But the the thing is, he, he doesn't, because he makes it uh, so melodramatic, and he makes it so angry, and it just dilutes the satire, you know? Right. It dilutes what's, what it's supposed to be.
0: Absolutely. It's our least favorite of the year. It's our least favorite of the year. Are we moving on? Let's move on. Okay. I feel like we've expired all... Talk of don't look up. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. So our next movie, number nine, number
2: nine, with
0: six points total.
2: Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Coda. Wow. Okay. Are are Um, you surprised? Yeah, I thought. I thought you're. Hatred for a certain other movie. What a drag! It drug it down is, into it the balanced drags, out you know? by uh, it's balanced yes. out by your level. We'll get to that. We're talking about Coda, yes, Coda. which is a
2: movie we both I think just thought was fine. Yeah, it's and right. that's
0: why it's this low on our ranking. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> right. There's gonna not be much to say about Coda, just straight up. Like it is fine. Why it was nominated for best picture, I'm not entirely sure it feels like they needed to fill out 10 because that's just what they're doing now, and they're like, well, people like this one. You have to wonder how much of it is just Apple
2: TV Plus trying to do the Netflix thing where you throw a bunch of money to try to get an Oscar for a streaming site. You Mm -hmm. you know, you want to be the first streaming site to get that Academy Award for Best
0: Picture. You know where that money probably could have been better used? Tell me. The cinematography. (laughs) Tell me. Elaborate on this. Uh, Yeah, so... Aaron doesn't seem to agree, and I don't understand. It's how. not that I don't agree with you.
2: It's just mm-hmm. that it's exactly
0: what I expected in terms of sure. how this film is shot. It's not that I didn't expect it. It's just that I was let down, I suppose, by it a little bit. That it's just so. This movie, I don't looked, understand. This movie is like because it could have been. It could have looked better. Like any movie could look better. Yeah, that's not true. I'm just have saying. you seen The Green Knight? The Green Knight was snubbed, and everybody knows it. <laughs> How That's dare fair. you? Yeah. Um, no, uh, you're right. Every movie could It'll look go But go on. But go on. It, it, uh, it, 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 there's just a certain quality to it that looks so cheap in a way and it's just it looks like a netflix movie and i say that in not such a derogatory way but it looks like i'm watching tall girl that's the thing every time they're in the school just the lighting the way Uh this the shots are staged everything just feels so like sterile in a way when everything about the story and i think the performances are so good and so not that that the 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 actual shots themselves detract from the movie entirely yeah
2: i mean that's the thing where it um when we when we make a conversation about what is the best picture of uh of the year you know what criteria do we use and it's like this movie in terms of the actual filmmaking the the production behind it it's not doing anything outside the box at all it very much is that kind of this could have been shot by anyone it's Mm -hmm. just it's set up it looks fine it looks nicer than another movie uh on this list that we'll talk about later um it doesn't you know it doesn't have anything that draws you out of the movie but it doesn't have anything that draws you in or makes you you know engage or pay attention
0: go like how do they make that shot which you know not uh not all movies need to be that showy and that's the thing if like like i said if this was a movie that i just watched on a whim one day not knowing it was gonna be nominated for an oscar I would have been like, "Oh, yeah, that was cute. That was fun. I liked it. The performances were good." But you know, I probably wouldn't have thought much about it. But putting it under this lens of Oscar Best Picture nominated puts a little bit more level of scrutiny on it. That we were talking about it, and it's like, if this wins Best Picture, it certainly does feel like an odd man out from recent years. Yes, and even among the nominees,
2: uh, it's you know the it definitely stands out. And but I mean, like the thing is also a that conversation you know we could say best picture means you know uh you know best filmmaking of the year but the flip side is also the you know best story like the the story or like what the movie Mm -hmm. is like meant to represent yeah and obviously there's you know there's an understandable you know appeal to having this film about you know a marginalized group of people um In putting that story and saying, putting value in that story and uh, bringing an audience to uh, the story of people that they uh, might not normally uh, watch. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's the flip side of the coin. And the movie, in terms of that does a fine job yeah. you know it's the same thing where it's like this is a very familiar story of a person who's you know kind of feels torn between uh pursuing their dreams and with their family it's we've the Hannah seen Montana it. we've seen it a hundred times before and that's what this movie does Um, And certainly, I think, you know, you singled out the performances, and I think that definitely elevates it a lot, Mm -hmm. um, is having a a good cast to go through that story with. There's a lot of emotional beats that you know i'm tearing up during this movie i'm yeah. not gonna lie yeah. you know I, you can't you can't uh, like i you said you play joni mitchell i'm gonna cry i'm choking up during that last <laughs> scene you know it 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 works it works yeah. um but it is a very familiar uh premise it's just really the unique aspect of it is the um having the deaf cast and then the you know the child uh, the hearing child you know mm-hmm. and that's what it brings to the table
0: and it's fine <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's good in the way that, like, like I said, the the performances are doing a lot of lifting here, and they do lift it. Like if it, if they weren't, if these performances weren't as good as they were, I would be very confused as to why this won Best Picture. But mm-hmm. if it does end up happening, I'll be like, okay, there was a certain level of love and craft that went into this, in in, in at least a few aspects. So you got to give it to them. Right. Um, I did want to do this, actually. Sorry, I don't want to impede on CODA's time. I did want to do this where every movie we need to record a little bit where we talk about how we knew it was going to win. We got to, like, predict that it's going to win. Uh-huh. So that way we can post the clip on Twitter later um, and okay. be like, see, we called it. So no matter – we get a horse in every race, essentially. uh uh-huh. um, So let's start with Don't Look Up real quick. <laughs> We're okay. Let's yeah. Let's just do, let's just get it done and then we can move on what, from there. Uh, <laughs> we'll, right. go, we'll go back to Coda. You got to start. You got to let me And up. of course you know, and and of course, you know, um yeah, you know, we didn't like Don't Look Up, but of course Don't Look Up is going to win. It's going to win best picture, of course. Of course it's going to win cuz it's exactly what the Oscars
2: love to award, you know, this movie that they can just pat themselves on the back for awarding, you know, and yeah. uh of course, they were going to uh, make this the best picture winner um, because it makes them feel better about themselves, even though we're all doomed to die in climate change.
0: And I will absolutely, I, as soon as uh, old old Bobby Moynihan reads that, I'm predicting that too. Bobby Moynihan is going to read the best picture nominee. I might be wrong about that, but uh-huh. I'm going to be right about this. Uh-huh. I I will let out an audible "What the?" Fuck, you know?
2: You want to say that? I'll
0: believe it. <laughs> so. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, but anyway, you know. It, I don't know if I understand this bit. What are we going for here? We're going for complete prediction of the future, <laughs> no matter what. Have you seen this movie called Nightmare? <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. Coda, yeah, yeah. back to Coda, back to Coda. Um. Oh, I also wanted to mention. Uh, I I don't know how to pronounce his first name, unfortunately. Eugene Eugenio, Eugenio. Probably. Don't look at me like that. Don't look at me like you're like, oh, I'm just gonna watch this man struggle. <laughs> Eugenio Derbez. I'll watch him in anything, man. He's so charming. I-, I love it.
2: Yeah, I mean he's also playing a very familiar character, oh, you know, absolutely. the teacher that uh, you know, is pushing this uh this kid to uh really uh bring out the talents within you know it, it, and it, yeah it works it's good you know that moment where uh he comes into the audition at the end mm-hmm. and uh plays the piano and then intentionally messes up like it's yeah, good it's a it's, fun little it's bit so good um but yeah, it's just it's him doing his regular uh, his regular shtick. Yeah, and, it's, uh, not,
0: uh, it's not, it's uh, not you know, uh, transformational in any way, but it, he just brings a certain charisma to every character he plays, or even a movie like, oh, I don't know, Overboard. You're like, I like watching him in this, you know? He's good. I like right. him. That's the first time anyone's thought about Overboard uh, since 2018. Did that come out? I don't know. I can't <laughs> keep track. Um and of course uh, Amelia Jones uh was also really good. She's the lead. She's the lead, yes. Okay. And yeah, did a great job. I don't know that I've ever seen her in anything else, but I she's I imagine she's going to have a, she's a heck lock of a and career. Key. Oh, I don't know
3: what that is.
2: So. The Netflix show based on the comic books where they have the magical keys and the you, I've never heard of this one. Oh, it's uh, it's a comic book. It's written
0: by <laughs> it's, Joe Hill. It's about keys. It's about keys. It's about oh, a house with magical keys. I've you you know this? I've Heard of? I think I've heard of this. There's like a door to darkness. They use the keys. They do that kind of yeah. thing. Mickey Mouse is there. Mouse oh there. hey Mark! Hey get get the hell out of here, Mark! <laughs> he heard Mickey Mouse. He, heard he Mickey came Mouse. back. He came back. He so He's quiet. never gonna make it to the Oscars. He inside. was listening out at the door. I swear to God, <laughs> that was upsetting. I didn't like that. Anyway, Coda. Yeah,
3: are you having closing thoughts on Coda?
2: I mean, I think we pretty much covered it. Where it's like, yeah, it's it's an enjoyable movie. It's a heartwarming movie, mm-hmm. but there's not really anything more to it than that. Yeah. So if it wins Best Picture, it's like, I'm not going to, uh, you know, it's there's no like reason a, to, like, hate it in any way. No. There's no reason to uh, rail against it winning. It's more just, it's uh, it's a fine movie and doesn't really kind of compare
0: to anything else in contention. I agree. Now, of course, <clears throat> I adore that. I adore it. Yeah. Of course, Coda's going to win it's gonna a couple votes are gonna get split this is gonna be the one that takes it and you know like you said it, it it's fine it's fine that it's gonna win but
2: uh well I mean it has that kind of it's it has that kind of universal appeal mm-hmm. like we're like we're trying to say where it's like no one's gonna hate this yeah. movie you know it's like there's I, I can't think of anyone who's gonna really watch this and not like this movie beyond the fact that it is just kind of. I mean, if you don't if you don't like heartwarming movies, then sure. But you know, uh, why isn't
0: this one more like? Why isn't there more like uncut gems? I don't like this. I want to see Adam Sandler. I don't know. That was just a bit I was doing. I never was with such a passionate
2: fan base for uncut jobs. I thought you were going to do like some Spider Man uh, No um, Way Home thing. I can't well, I
0: was we're... going for darker, less heartwarming. Spider Man's heartwarming in its own way. That's true. Anyway, Coda, uh, yeah. you know. Anyway, Spider no going to win way Best way home, Picture. Though. We all know. Why, so. All right, bit done. We yeah. don't know. We don't know. But only the people who listen to the full podcast get the full experience, get to know our, our charlatan lies, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> Okay. All okay. right. So, what's next, Darren? What's next okay. on our, our ne- moving list? On. Coda, number nine. Number nine. Ten. So, number eight with
2: seven points. King Richard. Wow. Okay. Okay. Why um, are you surprised by that one? <laughs> I, I, You're surprised by the. I'm. I'm
0: just surprised it's not
2: below it. <laughs> antici- well, the thing is, again, that bounces up. We'll get to. Well, we have, we yeah, we have to talk
0: about King Richard. King Richard. King Richard. He was a king. We found Adam Sandler. Will Smith's accent—he's doing. It, there's bit. just there's a little every once in a while. I'm like, that just sounds like an Adam Sandler voice. Uh-huh. What's going on here? I mean, that's the. I mean, the most notable <laughs> aspect about this movie, obviously, is Will Smith's performance, yes. and it's very likely I'm, I'm giving it a hard time, but it is he's actually really great. I in mean, this the, movie.
2: the thing is, he's. Gr- I think he's great at times. I think there's. Uh, most of the time when he's like actually doing like the dialogue when he's like interacting with other characters Mm -hmm. he's doing a great job but every time he's like kinda his bit's done and he just kinda has to uh, be like in the like kinda maintain that character um, as other things are going on, he always just kind of falls back into the same like uh, he has like the the extreme hunched t- back yeah. and uh, and the, he you know opens his lips. He just like lets his uh, lower uh, lip hang a little bit, and he's just doing that kind of. He just always falls back to like the same kind of performance uh, whenever he's not actually being called upon when he's to do it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, so I think it's I think it's very good at parts. I think you know he's definitely gonna win may mm-hmm. uh, you know half just because it's will Smith
0: and he hasn't won an academy Award right. yet you know it's his time which is honestly insane we we were i could not believe that when we saw that I was like well wow, okay but I would say it's I would say it's a good performance just not a great one that yeah, would be my I, opinion. I'd, I'd lean great I'd lean great i I think the mo like you said the the moments where he is really he's 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 transforming into into the character i think are so great there are moments where you see that will smith come back into it and you're like okay that was that was a very will smith line i, I maybe we should have changed that or yeah. something um, but the, when he really does come into it, it, it is one of those few times where you're like, this is a different character. I'm not just watching Will Smith on screen. Cause I feel like that's the main problem he's fallen into, especially later in his career where you're just like, this is just, that's just Will Smith. Well, like Deadshot. <laughs> yeah. Deadshot Will Smith. I'm like, that's just Will Smith. <laughs> you can't be here. Well, I mean,
2: he's at that level of stardom where it's yeah. like, if you're casting Will Smith, you know what you want from Will Smith, you know? <laughs> right, right. So, you know, it's. He's trying something different here, and that's commendable. Mm-hmm. So, um, Absolutely. But yeah, it, there's a certain level of that. Once you've reached a certain level of stardom, you're never going to really disappear into a role again, unless you're Adam Sandler in uh, Uncut Gems. Of course, you know? Uncut Gems, uh, yes. It's just an
0: Uncut Gems podcast Uncut Gems. now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk more about Benny <laughs> um, it's all yeah. Cut, but... I mean, as far as the filmmaking goes nothing insanely special it's 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 really just follows the biopic type formula that works for a reason i mean it's it's got great montages it's got great little uh uh, heartwarming moments you got those like those like um uh like uh uh, what's the word i'm looking for you got like the the moments of uh like you know what's gonna happen to an extent but you're like nah, man you know what i mean? (laughs) Yeah, That's yeah. You mean like you know? Yeah,
2: yeah, no, it's based on a true story, so right. you know how it is going to end up. But you know, it still gets you in those moments. In like within the actual tennis matches, I think those are very well shot to keep the tension going. Yeah, you know, absolutely. and they're very they're very energetic, where you can actually. You know, you, you're kind of, like, leaning into it uh, as you watch the movie, where you're like, you gotta, you gotta get to the other side of the court, yeah. you know, and you're <laughs> right. just, like, you're bouncing
0: back and forth with the characters, so I think it works very well Tennis is just out, outrageously good for sports movies anyway, so I just think... How just many think other it, tennis movies do you know?
3: Uh, it's Battle of the Sexes. <laughs> oh, okay, I didn't
0: see there that one. Um, I just think it, it's definitely one of the few sports that I think make for a great movie because it's such personal stakes compared to something like a baseball movie or a um a football movie there's like you can focus on one person on the team but one person a good team does not make whereas this is the one person on the court. This is very personal for them. Okay. So I yeah. think that's pretty interesting. I mean,
2: yeah, in that sense it's very much like uh it's it's like a boxing movie, you know. Yeah. It's like it's like Rocky, you know? It's mm-hmm. like we know Rocky's gonna win in the end, even though it's not a true story. But you know, when you're in that when you're in that uh, you know, pit with him, you know, it's all about the personal stakes. You know, it's about when Rocky enters the ring, we know he's going to come out on top. If it's the if it's the last act of the movie, mm-hmm. um, but it's all about that buildup. It's about the personal hurdles he has to overcome before he steps in. And you know,
0: it's the same thing here. It's just the true life version of that. You know, right, right. And um, you know, I think the, the kids who played Venus and Serena, they were really good. I, I think I had not seen them in anything, but I thought they're yeah, I mean, I filled their roles been pretty in good. Else. Um, uh, who, who was it? Um, John Bernthal. John Bernthal playing very against type in yeah. this movie. Yeah. But to like really good effect. Because the whole time you're like waiting for this shoe to drop of like, oh, he's going to be a jerk. Like, mm-hmm. he's not going to be a good dude. Yeah. And then just that shoe doesn't drop so you're like oh
2: okay it is very much kind of that uh, that wholesome uh, movie uh, tone throughout you know remember when he's gonna kill a guy (laughs) that's yeah that's the weirdest thing because it does shift because you have that opening yeah where there's this weird scene there's this (laughs) where he just he's going to he's going to shoot someone who's been uh, harassing his uh, children and uh, yeah, yeah built to show his how committed oh, yeah. he is to protecting uh, this vision he has for his family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get why the scene's in there, but it is such a weird, <laughs> it is a scene, weird tone you know? thing. Especially since, because the way it resolves, you know, is not that he just he he, decides he, not. He, to. Like he's walking up with the <laughs> gun and decides not to. Yeah. It's he's walking up with the gun and all of a sudden there's a drive-by <laughs> shooting and he's like, "Oh, I don't have to bother anymore." Oh. Which is obviously, I guess, God kind of had my back it's, on this it's obviously very interesting from a character perspective because right. then that leaves the audience being like we don't know if you would have gone through with it right. or not we don't get that scene of him making that decision but it's weird that they never really revisit that at any point later not on once, in the movie not once You they know? Even
0: talk about that again that's
2: I mean that's another flaw in casting Will Smith in this role is that Will Smith is so is going to be so likable mm-hmm. that he's going to sanitize this character that should be a little more complex uh, than he can actually portray you know that is- is a good
0: point although i do think the movie does a fairly good job at at painting him as a very complex man with you know they they keep calling him controversial and like i guess when they to an extent when they talk about the things he did like when they're like they said tennis parents should get shot i'm like that's kind of funny though like, that's a funny thing to say. <laughs> but then when the... In a certain context yeah. context, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, okay. In a certain context, <laughs> yes. Um But, um... And then when they kind of dig into the more personal side of his life that they mm-hmm. don't really do too much of, but they allude towards, you know, him kind of abandoning some of his kids that weren't the five that he was, you know, raising alongside Venus and Serena. Um... It, it That kind of stuff is at least interesting in the way it, it, it definitely paints him, especially because before that point, he's, he's, again, he's hard on his kids, but we don't have any real reason not to like him other than the fact that he's going to kill that guy, which, again, we just don't talk about for some reason. <laughs> but that is a good moment where you're like, okay, he is not the greatest, <laughs> but... There's a certain, you know, it's the same thing with any biopic. There are very few biopics that are going to be harsh on their subject matter, I suppose. This vice. (laughs) Do we count that as a biopic? I have no idea. How is it
2: not a biopic? Because it's so mean. (laughs) Which, like, again, rightfully so. Now you're baking nice into the definition of biopic.
0: Exactly. But, no, hmm. What? I'm trying to think of how to mix these words together, but it doesn't work. Um, (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I just, I don't think, I just,
2: there are definitely moments where they uh, try to uh, uh, complicate his character, um but you know they don't ever lean too hard into it because it is trying to go for that wholesome vibe in the end you know Mm -hmm. where it's it's trying to have that uplifting ending and i think it does work very well because at that point our focus is kind of shift did uh it's shifted where um you know, Richard doesn't really do anything at the end of the movie to he's kinda the, change the, the outcome. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the he's just kinda standing in that back room for the final tennis match, and then the only change he makes is that he walks out of that back room and sits with his family, you know? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, he gets that little character moment there, but none of it has any effect on the actual game itself. And at that, at that, point, that point it's even
0: earlier, I I think you're right. I think the point where That scene does happen where we find out about his other kids and stuff like that. I think that is the point where it does shift to just being about Venus at that point. She becomes the hero at that point. And I think that's actually an interesting shift now that I didn't even think of it in that way. But yeah, that is a very interesting shift that I I had not thought of. I liked it. I like that now. (laughs) That's good. Yeah, I mean... uh...
2: Again, there's a lot of the conversation around this movie has uh, has revolved around you know whether it was right to focus on uh, Richard instead of uh, you know Venus and Serena,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, and obviously you get to that point in the movie where the perspective has shifted, and mm-hmm. then you're like, yeah, we could go on for another hour, but yeah. instead it just kind of it kind of ends before their careers really take off. Well, they're off teasing and the, the, uh... the sequel, Serena. It, well, I mean. The... <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Um, but I mean, it, the thing is, there's nothing preventing them from making that movie. No. You know, we no. we joke, but like, yeah, if you want to make that movie, just go make that movie too. And you mean, know, they're but, like what
0: 14 at
2: the end of this movie? Right. Like, there's so much. Like, to their yeah, lives that's left. an interesting story. But this is also
0: an interesting yeah. part of their story, and you know. I, because he, I is, guarantee, you we'll we'll see that movie eventually too. Like right. that's it. They're the like the biggest sports stars in the world. There's not going to not be a movie about them about their later lives too. Right. So anyway, continue. Sorry. No, that's all I was
2: gonna say is I'm <laughs> yeah. just I'm just saying you yeah. know I think that um yeah they can just they can make a movie more centered on the two of them, um, but in terms of. Uh, this story, the story that they are trying mm-hmm. to tell, I think it does end on a good note where, yeah, they do kind of, they shift that perspective and then
0: it's over. Yeah. You know? I agree. I, I We talked more about King Richard than I thought we would, to be quite frank with you. That's right. <laughs> so, are we moving on? Do we... we, uh, we well, do? of course. Yeah. As we all know, King Richard is going to win Best Picture. I mean, it's not even really a question... Um, right, you know Will Smith. You've already got the big, the built-in, baked-in star power of Will Smith in your movie. Mm-hmm. It's hard to avoid that. You know
2: mm-hmm. the, that's what the Oscars are all about. Really, mm-hmm. in the end, it's yeah. about that stardom. It's about Hollywood presenting this image of themselves to the world. And you know that's kind of what the the movie itself is about. It's about this stardom and about uh, you know being an ins- an inspiration to uh, to different groups of people. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, you know picking a movie like this. You know, it, it kind of it helps them. You know, it helps it helps Hollywood, again, pat themselves on their back. And they do like just, doing that. They, they do like thing. to yeah, do yeah, that, yeah. you know?
0: <laughs> but. but at the same time, I wouldn't say horribly undeserved either. There have been worse Best Picture winners. That's true. That's Green true. Book. <laughs> Green Book is just atrociously bad and boring. I feel like we don't talk about how boring Green Book is enough. I feel like we talk about how problematic it is, but God, is it boring. He folds a pizza in half and eats it. It's a very interesting That's a movie. calzone.
2: <laughs> no, yeah. he, well, he invents the calzone in that scene. I don't remember that. Do you not know remember the scene where he folds the pizza really in half? Yeah. That's like the, the the two of the memorable... There's two memorable scenes I really in that have movie. tried to
0: forget everything it's about it. It's the scene
2: it. where he folds the pizza in half, and it's the scene where they get fried chicken. And you're yeah. like, why are you doing yeah, that
0: this? <laughs> that one maybe was a mistake. Can anyway, Richard we though? On? Yeah. Yeah, I That was our number 8. Good good movie. I liked it. I cried. I cried. Uh and now
2: the moment we've been waiting for, the next one um coming in at 8 points with 1 point from me and 7 points from Jacob.
0: It's Belfast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um this is by far the most Divided divided. we've been on a movie on this list, and maybe on a movie in general in a long time. (laughs) Probably, yeah. It's rare we are this divided on a movie. Yeah. Well. I'll let you say your piece first, Aaron. I was just going to say, there's like that Letterboxd
2: review, one of the most popular reviews on Letterboxd, where it's like, it's a good movie if you've only seen like two or three other movies. (laughs) So maybe that's just where we're at on this one. That's my problem, I guess. I don't know. Belfast. (laughs) Hit me with it. This movie is just uh, is so confounding to me, you know, because it's a, a passion project. Mm-hmm. It's a very personal story. It's based on his childhood. He's He's been a director for a long time now, you know, 20, 30 years, I don't even know. Um, and... This is his, this is the film he's been longing to make, you know? This is his, uh, you know, look back at his childhood, what inspired him to become a filmmaker, what made him the person he became today.
1: Hmm.
2: (laughs) And it's just, it looks like a toddler film day. (laughs) It's so Hmm. confounding to me.
0: (laughs) I could say, I could say. Yeah. See it from the eyes of the child, you know? No But I don't
2: the, the thing is I don't mean The thing is It's just It's such It, it feels mm-hmm. so amateur In every aspect Of its production It's just It's so confusing It's it, Because he's trying out So many different shots At all times And this is This is something Kenneth Branagh does In every single one Of his movies yeah. he tries to do All these interesting shots mm-hmm. And that's commendable Obviously you're As a director You want to do Interesting shots You know yeah. But they just never, they're never cohesive in any scene. It, it, cinematography isn't just about like the framing, about finding these interesting framings. It's right. about, you know, conveying the tone and the meaning of the scene. Through the way the things are framed, and he just doesn't do that in this movie. He's just constantly being like, "This would be a cool angle to try. This would be a nice thing to put the camera behind." And he never actually just like matches it with the emotion of the scene and what he's trying to convey. He's just he's just out there with the camera pointing at anything. He's like, "We'll fix it in post," and then he didn't.
0: <laughs> Listen, he's not making Casablanca here. He's right?
2: trying to. It's black and white. <laughs>
0: Whoa, every movie that's black and white is Casablanca
2: now. I'm saying it's pretentious. <laughs> yes.
3: And
0: yeah. here's the thing. Yeah. I don't disagree with most of what you're saying. Yeah. But for some reason, it just worked for me. You know? I was just like... Listen. Yeah. The only way I'm going to be able to defend this movie is to be as pretentious as it is. <laughs> so, okay. here we Before, go. Yeah. <clears throat> You, you you know you're like oh there's there's no coherence between scenes there's no coherence with how the shots line up with with reality but is that not how memories are Aaron. Is that not how our minds work? Just little bits, little pieces every here and there. You uh-huh. don't remember a full memory. You know, things things change. Your uh, your 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 the moments become more about the general idea than the, than what they really were. The thing is
2: if he was trying to convey memories mm-hmm. through his
0: cinematography,
2: wouldn't it have been more centered on the boy and his perspective? Is it? Not? If that's what its not. That's what I'm talking about. Is that he's constantly changing the angles of these shots and the distance okay. we are from the characters and that, yeah. it's <laughs> like there's there's an opening shot that kind of works where at the very opening of the movie the camera spins the spin, three yeah. three hundred sixty degrees around the kid so as the shot? you know violence breaks out in the streets and that shot works because yeah then you're centering. What the movie is supposed to be about, which is this kid's, mm-hmm. um, his world, you know, falling apart. Um, but that doesn't. But then you go from that like three sixty degree shot to like six different angles of this car blowing up that are just all scatter shot. That was weird. That was weird. <laughs> I'll give you that. And it's one. so jarring, and yeah. it just takes you out of it. You're not immersed in the boy's perspective. You're mm-hmm. just.
0: It, it, it's just anywhere, in any which way you're immersed. Uh, it, in the town of Belfast. <laughs> Belfast not really, though. Belfast no. is its, really its own character. You don't here. get a lot of perspective <laughs> of Belfast I'm sorry, I'm being as pretentious either. as possible <laughs> <laughs>
2: There's, um, like, there's, like, two different streets that they're shooting on in this movie. It looks like a soundstage thing. I don't know if they shot it on location or not, but it feels like they shot it. just They
0: just built up two streets on a soundstage and shot it there. I don't know. Yeah, It does kind of feel like that every now I think more where I enjoy this movie is from more of the... I just, I I dig on the whole, like, autobiographical, like, look at one's life. It's just so interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Even if it's not done perfectly, because there's just something about hearing someone's story in their own words and having to, like... I think he does a good job in this movie. He might not agree. I think he does a good job of reconciling his, like, a lot of what his father was like which is super interesting to me and and seeing him as a flawed character who is 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 in a lot of ways like king richard almost (laughs) yeah it truly was the king richard of ireland (laughs) yeah yeah um so i I, i'm I'm joking please don't (laughs) please don't think i'm being serious about that but um I think stuff like that is just so interesting to me, whether or not the the filmmaking is outstanding. Because I'm not gonna lie, I'm not. I, I, I completely understand where you're coming from, and I do get <laughs> it. But there's just so much that works on an emotional level for me in this one, and just the idea of of just such like a almost therapeutic way of going back into one's own mind and seeing the people around you as like full people. That is so interesting to me, and seeing like their flaws. And and their like I, I think just the relationship between the dad and the mom is just so interesting in this movie because it's it it, it feels like one that he had to like really look at and I like I don't know what happened with his parents if they stayed together or what happened but there is just such an interesting like tension between them that is. Just really well done. And I I thought the performances were really good. I don't know who plays the mom, but uh, Jamie Dornan is the dad, right? Yeah. And I thought he was great. Um, Should have been nominated for Barb and Star, but, uh, you know. I didn't realize he was in that. And, uh, God, I'm awful with names tonight. Kate-Arona Balf. Excuse you? (laughs) Kate-Arona Balf. I don't understand. Who is that? Uh, oh, 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 it's literally Katrina. Belf. <laughs> I'm awful at names. I am like the worst American ever. <laughs> like, you know, I can't un- pronounce anything. <laughs> um, who, of course, was in uh, uh, Ford v Ferrari last year. Or two, was that two years ago? That was now? two years ago. Oh my God. Time isn't real. We
2: didn't even talk about Ford v Ferrari when we talked about King Richard, but that's the movie I felt it was most like.
0: Very similar posters, too. No, I think. Yeah, like nearly identical. <laughs> It's kinda of wild. Um but yeah, I, I just think on more of like a a storytelling perspective, this worked so much for me. And I'm just such a sucker for just like vignette storytelling where it's just it's more about the overall feeling of mm-hmm. the time and the in the, the, the childhood, the growing up. Um I it do, just works for me. I
2: do think there are there are a lot of great uh there's a lot of great like little moments in this movie that clearly feel rooted in childhood memories. that I mm-hmm. do think work very well. I think my favorite scene in this movie is that scene cuz they're in the classroom and they change seats depending on their grade <laughs> yeah. scores. And there's this great scene where he gets like the best grades in the class and he thinks he's going to be able to sit next to his crush. <laughs> and then he like he turns and sees it's not and then she's in the seat behind him and then she just shrugs her shoulders like yeah "Yeah, i messed up on that (laughs) test sorry dude (laughs) and that's a great moment that's a really funny bit um i just i but i feel like it just doesn't it it, this this movie's too all over the place not just in the way it's shot but in the story it's trying to tell where it's like yeah you get that that cute little moment there Mm -hmm. um but it just it doesn't really fit within the larger context in any meaningful way, you know, in terms of, there's no, there's, there's bits like that, that are good throughout the movie, but when you get to the end of the movie, I just, I don't feel like, we really know Kenneth Branagh and what uh, what made him the person he was today uh, in the way he wants us to. You know, like sure. he has all these scenes where he's like watching films, and the films are in color, and everything mm-hmm. else is in black and white. You see, you know, the awe in his face as he's watching these films on the screen. But we, I don't feel like we ever really understand what he loves so much about the movies you know we get from this scene that he loves movies and mm-hmm. we know he loves movies because he went on to make movies and he's right. making the movie we're watching now <laughs> right. but i don't feel like the movie itself ever really conveys
0: what uh attracted him to those movies to that, that, that car extent. flies what i don't get what you're not getting the car flies aaron
2: right but it, 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 it's <laughs> just saying like Hey no, I, I enjoyed movies as a kid. Hey, I had to leave my home country as a kid and it doesn't really ever kind of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it never really forms connections between the, the his his uh you know psychology at the moment, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like That's fair. That's it fair. it just feels a very it feels Oddly superficial for how personal of a film it's supposed to be, and mm-hmm. I think it's just directly linked to the fact that Kenneth Branagh he tries, but he's just not very good at being a director. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> you can think that. That's fine. There's no apologizing. No, I'm, I'm apologizing to him because I have nothing against the guy. I don't yeah. know if I should. I don't know anything about him, but he seems like he's he seems, you know like a good dude. Yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. So I don't want to. I don't want to you know attack him for <laughs> making this <laughs> right. clearly very personal piece of art it's just weird to me Mm -hmm. how he he's trying to make something so personal and it feels so impersonal it just uh it just i think it really reveals how he's just not as talented as he wishes he could be and
0: it kind of hurts to have to watch it (laughs) that's that's a fair perspective to have yeah, I, I, I definitely can see where you're coming from on that. I, I think there is a certain lack of... of I, and that's like even just looking more at what I think I like most about it. It is less of the personal stuff and more at him looking at the people around him. I think there's a couple scenes with Judy Dench that were really, really good where they're on the bus and talking about her life and stuff. And I think that's like an interesting thing where he's like thinking so much less about like his perspective on it and more just like this is what my family was like and I'm like that's fine I'm interested to know what Kenneth Branagh's family was like you know tell me about it man I'm I'm interested sure but yeah I mean it's it's a movie that I really enjoyed I bought it as soon as I as soon as it was done because I was like I'm gonna watch this again and that's the thing too it does have like a certain level of like comfort food type feeling to it that mm-hmm. I think is why I did really like it. Big fan of The Troubles, Jacob is, you know? <laughs> okay, well, that is also something that I think could have imp- been improved upon, like, having an, actually something to say about that, but I, I you know, I, it's it wasn't the movie it was trying to be, so it's whatever, it's fine. I don't know what movie it was trying to be, though. <laughs> sure, but I, I think there's a certain, uh, about the, uh, the, the, familial uh, stuff in it that does feel so homey in in a way that it, it's hard to like look past that so it will be a movie I will watch again for sure
2: I I don't I can't imagine myself watching this movie again. Um, but I feel like if I did, I'd probably enjoy it better because again, it's just I I couldn't get into it for the entire first half of the movie because mm-hmm. I was so distracted by the way it was shot. I just couldn't I couldn't actually latch onto the story or the characters at all. Yeah, um, and it's only in the back half when I kind of adjusted to it that uh, I actually was able to get wrapped up in that. So I feel like I would probably enjoy it better on a rewatch. But I just don't feel like it's worth a rewatch that's to me. Fair. One day I'll just have
0: it on, you know? I'll just be watching. you yeah. like, all right, let's do this. I don't feel like more like Belle Fat. <laughs> yeah, Belle Fat. That's the joke we made every time. And I'm not sure why. I don't, I'm not really sure how it started. But every time a movie ended, that we were watching the catch up song, we'd go, more like Bell Fat. So that's our joke, I guess. I don't know. I don't even know what it means. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, it was just a, it's the
2: kind of dumb stuff that you just throw out there yeah. every now and then and then just I just gotta kinda, sometimes you just gotta roll you with you gotta roll with the know. punches
0: so that's Belfast everybody that's that is Belfast. our number eight or number N- seven. number seven seven um next up well we oh why oh, did uh, but of course yeah. Of course yes, Belfast is Belfast going to is win. win.
2: Right, yeah. because Hollywood loves movies about making movies. And even though this isn't like directly about mm-hmm. making movies, it's mm-hmm. about making the people who make movies. And yeah. of course Hollywood's going to
0: take to that. You know? And Kenneth Branagh, uh, just a well-liked man in Hollywood from what right. it seems. So yeah, I, yeah. I think he's just got a lot of love behind him in that way. Plus it's in black and white. Yeah, they do yeah, like they that. They do like, they the, do black like the black and white. <laughs> they do
2: like the black and white, uh, they do. It reminds
0: them of when they were good. Damn. <laughs> anyway, yeah. <laughs> of course, bit done. We don't okay. know. We don't know what's gonna win. You guys get the behind the scenes. Don't right. worry. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then coming in next place, yes, with ten points. This is number six. Dune. I will have nothing to say about this. So this is, I'll, I'll say I'll say I'll say my bit here, and then uh-huh. I'll just let you go off like I did on Belfast. Sure. I think this is one of the most sure-of-itself movies I have seen in this genre, I suppose, in the sci-fi genre. I think Villeneuve is insanely talented at what he does. Mm-hmm. I-, I love Arrival. Um, Blade, uh, Blade Runner 2049? 2047? 2049. 2047. 2049. What am I thinking of? Uh, oh, I'm thinking of Cyberpunk. Um, 2077. Same thing. Yeah. Pretty much. Um... Blade Runner 2049, I think, is a great movie, too. I recently read my review of that again, by the way, because okay, I was looking yeah. through that year, and sure. I made some inflammatory statements that the internet would hate me for. <laughs> I'll pull it up. I took a picture, and I was going to yeah. send it to you, but I'm like, I don't need him to hate me right now. Well, what are you can to say on Dune first? Oh, um... I, I think he's just an insanely talented director, and every shot in this is fun to look at, mm-hmm. but God, I just do not care about the story at yeah. all. I... It's weird. I, I didn't like... I, I, that's the other thing. I like so many parts of this movie, in this movie, in other movies. I really like Timothy Chalamet. I think he's good in almost everything I've seen him in. And this one, I just couldn't get into it. Uh, thought he had a really weird energy with his mom character that I didn't appreciate. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that's <laughs> intentional. We'll see. Yeah. I'll watch the second one, but right. I'm not like looking forward to it. Um... Uh, not that I'm not looking forward to it. Not, I'm not, like, I need it right now, you know? Yeah. Um, Oscar Isaac, I thought, was, like, like, just, like, kind of criminally underused. And I know that's what the character he plays is, mm-hmm. but it's just, like, ugh, I kind of wanted more Oscar Isaac out of this, you know? like Yeah, well, that could be some of any movie. Yeah, that is, exactly. <laughs> We're going to get Moon Knight. I'm going to have too much of this guy in my life. Um... So yeah, that's just kinda where I'm at on it. I-, I thought it was fine. I haven't really thought much about it at all since we saw it in October. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's maybe one thing to say about it that it has just kind of left my consciousness. Sure. Yeah. And um but yeah, I mean Villa great and I'll you know, continue will you, watching his stuff. Will but... you rewatch part one before part two comes yes, out? I'll um... re- I'll rewatch it just to give it another fair shake. Now now that I'm like Maybe I'll like it better once I know what I'm getting into, but I think there was just so much of it that it, it is such a dense story, too. Yeah. That, like, there's, they're talking about the voice, and I'm like, they don't really explain what it is, right. and I kind of have to, like, figure it out. And it's like, oh, that's just good filmmaking. Yeah, I know, but I'm an idiot, <laughs> so explain it to me, please. Like, I'm five. Yeah. Anyway.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, But yeah, the set design, cinematography, just the overall direction is fantastic. There is like insanely good sense of place in this entire movie, Mm -hmm. and I just wish I cared about the place or the people or anything in it, you know? So, that's where I'm at. Aaron, do Dune. I'm gonna get a Mountain Dew. I mean,
2: the thing is, I don't know how much more I have to say about Dune uh, than you, even though I I like the movie a lot more than you, but I mean, it is very much half a movie, Um, and I think that definitely one of the reasons why you didn't take to it as much is because there's there's not a whole lot of uh, understanding of where the story is headed by the by the end of this movie of this first part. Yeah. Um. And I haven't I haven't read the book. I bought the book. I'll get around to it before the next movie came out. You're, but I have you're seen not reading that book. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get to it. I'll get you're to not. it. I probably won't finish it, but I'll, sure. I'll start. Um. Sure. But I have seen the uh, I've seen the David Lynch movie. Um, mm-hmm. And I've seen the Sci-Fi Channel mini-series version of this story they did, which obviously neither of those are the preferred example of where the story goes. And then I've you know like kind of known what the differences are between those adaptations and what's in the book and stuff. So I'm mm-hmm. familiar with the story in that respect. Um, so I kind of I have more of a sense of where this movie is headed. But I do think that it definitely feels. It's hard to say much about it one way or the other until we get that second half because I feel like there's a lot of things set up in this movie that feel weird right now Mm -hmm. um, that are going to come into play in in the second half and hopefully the third film he wants to do as well. Um, that will make those things much stronger, you know? Like, especially, I, I know a lot of people uh, are calling out this movie as just kind of like another one of those white savior uh, narrative kind of things, you know, like the Avatar-type thing, where it's just like this, uh, you know, this white uh, prince just goes um, and has to leave the, you know, the safety of his home, and then he joins the group of oppressed people, and then he, you know, rallies them to finally overthrow the... uh the people that are oppressing them overthrow Mister um, Skarsgård, <laughs> but there's there's a lot more to what Dune is trying to say about that. But that doesn't come into play until later on in the story, and
0: so at the movie as is, it's hard it's, to see the forest yeah. for the trees as it is, yeah. Or the or the sand for the Dune, as you will. <laughs> so there's stuff like that, you know,
2: where it's like. Yeah, I can understand why it's hard to get into this movie at the point it's at. Um, But you're right that it's, it's incredibly shot. I think that it has a sense of scale that's missing from a lot of movies. It probably has, like, the most, like awestruck sense of scale i've seen a movie since like the 2014 godzilla movie yeah you're just like these things are big you know like you understand how big those worms are from the way shot of
0: where he's uh, he's like looking over as they're flying over where the worm is like uh, that is like an impeccable shot like that is insanely good yeah and i yeah that is good you're right
2: yeah, the the worms are cool. The worms obviously the best part of Dune. I don't the think part, anyone's anyone gonna yeah. About, uh, like, <laughs> I don't think anyone's gonna dispute that. That's the coolest thing that's in those uh, in the story. Yeah. Um is the worms and they do a great job with the worms. What more do you need out of the movie, you know? But right. I do think, you know, the set design is great. I think the costume design is great. I think this could clearly sweep the technical awards because every mm-hmm. bit of the production there's obviously so much thought put into it so much care put into crafting this it's definitely one of the best shot blockbusters in you know a good while you know it's it's fun to remember what a movie what a movie's budget can uh, actually be you know if it's allowed yeah. to show up on the screen where it's not like a uh, it's not like a Spider-Man No Way Home thing where they spent $300 million to make this movie and you have these terrible, you know, uh, explosion effects that anyone could uh, anyone could throw together on their laptop in two minutes. Sure. And you're like, what are you doing? Why, why is this how you're shooting the movie? You're, you're Spider-Man. <laughs> And it's it's nice to have a movie that's just like it's it's a movie, you know. It's a it's it's a sci-fi blockbuster, but it is taking itself seriously. It's mm-hmm. taking its craft seriously. It's taking its story and its source material seriously. And I think that's really appealing to
0: me, you and, know. And that's why I wanted to like it so much more. I think is because that is such a. I, it, <laughs> It's like, it, you're right, we don't get the sci-fi taking itself seriously much anymore. Really since Marvel, and I'm not, I love Marvel, I'm not gonna, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not here to be that guy who's like, oh, Marvel movies have ruined cinema. That was Mark Ryland. back. <laughs> no. I didn't mean, know. Um, He's gonna show up in one of those before, uh... Yeah, absolutely. Um, but there, there is just a certain... I forgot my point, but there, yeah, anyway, that... <laughs> I forgot. Oh, yeah. There, there's a certain lack of that type of thing. That's why Arrival is so amazing mm-hmm. because it, it takes such a a concept that could be mined for some sort of weird, popcorn-y comedy, you know, mm-hmm. and um, instead it plays it so straight and so heartbreaking, and that's why I love that movie so much. Um, and right. I just wish there was I think that what this movie is really missing is like a sense of emotion to it like things happen that I'm like I should feel something when I'm watching yeah. this and I don't and I want to believe it's intentional Uh huh. but I just I really think it's just not carried by chalamet much at all and i yeah. again i really like timothy chalamet right. i think he's so good in, in uh lady birdie's really good and a uh, beautiful boy <laughs> i'm just kidding that's not was about. that mark rylance hopping in was to promote? Him? no that it was sounded, like, him. That was just it sounded like he
2: was hopping in to promote
0: beautiful <laughs> boy yeah? he's not in that one <laughs> he should have um, been <laughs> yeah little women i think he's great in too yeah um so it, it, it I just don't know. It's just something about this. He just didn't it didn't carry for me. I I do think you make a good point that it is a very it's
2: a very cold movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it has a lot of that uh you know, it has all these uh you know, new vocabulary words that we have to learn about. It has these very uh you know, it has this, you know, very this architectural style. That's all. It's all like uh, very geometrical. You know, it's all the uh, it's all the squares and the rectangles and the uh, you know uh, the dunes. The <laughs> um, and yeah, and a lot of barren landscapes and everything. It's a uh, it's a lot of just uh, you know political
0: maneuvering between uh, people. It's very uh, and even that I would like. I- Political maneuvering is is super interesting in in some movie. I just don't. I I guess I just I struggle to figure out why this didn't grab me because mm-hmm. there's so many like elements of stuff I like in it. Like I've already said, I'm just spinning in circles. What were you saying? Sorry. No, the, uh, I was just saying that I do think it's a very cold
2: movie, and I I think I think Chalamet is good in this. It's just he's the thing is you kind of. Ex- are expecting a more traditional uh hero for what this uh type of story um typically has Mm -hmm. and i think that part of the point of dune is that uh paul doesn't fit into that role that he's uh his name is paul his name is paul and i think i think charlotte is doing a good job of trying to convey that he's just kind of like this you know He's not really the kind of uh, savior figure that um, everyone's kind of expecting him to be, Mm -hmm. but I do see why it makes him hard to kind of take to as a character, you know, because he feels very pathetic in a lot of ways, and I think that's an intentional uh, choice that works for the story. But but when you only have half a story, you don't really see where right. It's it's hard to uh, yeah. It's really kind of hard to latch onto why we should care about his struggles. I do think there's one really good emotional beat in this movie that works extremely well, but it's pretty much the only one, which is when uh, you know Oscar Isaac and Timothy Chalamet are having that conversation, and he's like, you know, you're my son. That is good. Um, I think it's very early on. But I think that's very good. Mm-hmm. And then there's just, like, none of that for the rest of the movie. And no. you're just like, yeah, this is a really beautiful-looking movie. But, yeah, it's hard to uh, it's hard to kind of get into... Um, it's hard to emotionally connect with in the
0: way you would, like, Star Wars, you know? Right. And, like, clearly different types of movies, you know, there, there's a... Uh, this one's not trying to be the big popcorn blockbuster, like, crowd-pleaser. And that's fine. It, it doesn't have to. Um, well it kind of has to it has to make back it's uh, budget true uh, well they could have put Zendaya in it for more than five minutes then I feel like people would have wanted to go see it literally more. all her scenes were in the trailer yeah yeah. Um, so I'm interested to see what, what she does in the sequel because I like Zendaya she's good yeah
2: yeah, I mean, she uh, she has more to do, and, but again, yeah, it is weird that they just kind of throw these new characters to, at you at the end of the movie, and mm-hmm. then they just walk off into the desert, and it
0: ends. Yeah, and, and they completely kill off all the, like, interesting characters from the beginning, too, yeah. which is like...
2: Yeah, like, oh, I mean, man. it's like, you know, you got Oscar Isaac in this, you got Jason Momoa in this, and then it's like, you don't Josh have Brolin. them in part two,
0: you know? I, I can't remember, is Josh Brolin in, in, alive at the end? Do you want me to spoil it or? Oh, no? is no, it okay. is it unclear? Okay, it's left it's, unclear. It's left yeah. unclear. Okay, <laughs> um, so hopefully we see a little bit more of him because, gosh, Josh, Josh Brolin, he's just a, he's just a, good looking dude. <laughs> all right, um, so of course, it, all right, Did yeah, it activated. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, I, I could be completely out of left field. I know most people are on the other side of this. I look at I look at all these people who have seen Dune on my list here, Aaron. Sure. On, on my friends list. Yeah. And we're looking at fours, four and a halves and fives pretty yeah. much across the board. So I'm in the uh, <laughs> I'm in the minority here, I know. Right. But so maybe maybe the Academy, you know, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna take to it. I think they're gonna I think it's gonna win. Yeah. Oh I mean it's going to be
2: like that uh it's going to be like that return of the king kind of win you know mm-hmm. where it's it's going to win just because they can't deny that it's you know it's a very well made adaptation you know it's mm-hmm. like eh. Well, it's so, it's so impressive that they were able to take such a dense storyline and then adapt it into, uh, into a film like that, that, you
0: know, you kind of, you have to give it something, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So don't be surprised when Dune wins and then Dune 2, Too Many Dunes, comes and sweeps it in three years. When is it going to come out? Two years. Two years. Yeah, they're really I, rushing that bit's one. Bits done. Dune is not going to win. Let's Dune's just all be clear. Win. Dune has no shot. Um, no, no. It I probably like has I mean, the worst shot of any of these nominations. Absolutely. All right, so that was our number six. Mm-hmm. Moving on to number five, Aaron. I yes. know we have some ties. Is this one of our first ties? Technically, uh, I think, no. Yeah, this is our first tie. Okay, so um, let's read them both and then just kind of discuss which one we think. Well, oh, I was. We talk about first. I was just. Uh, I was doing it. Um, the one we saw the
2: longest time ago, and then most recently, it's we, can it that that. We, we can, can do it okay. It that Okay. So then, number number six, which is actually tied, um, but with uh, no, this is number
0: five or number five that's tied with number four, uh, with thirteen points. West Side Story. Okay. I am not going to have much to say about this one either. No? The two that we watched most re- or like the longest ago are yeah. going to be the ones that are hardest to really say much about. Right. Those were the two nominations you had seen ahead of time yes. were uh, Dune and West Side Story. Um. West Side Story mm-hmm. is really well made. Yeah. Like, Spielberg is absolutely nuts at making movies (laughs) like you know to use uh really just really just the most uh least flowery language of possible he goes hard on the in the paint all right he's absolutely throwing back w's left and right okay Okay, yeah other than ready player one other than War good movie He's throwing back Ws Get Mark Rylance back in here <laughs> yeah. to defend Ready Player One oh, for no, me. I, I can't, I can't, get it. I have to, I'd have to hear it again. To clarify, Ready Player One the movie, good.
2: Ready Player One the book, second worst book I've ever read. Yeah. Ready Player Two is the worst. <laughs> can't
0: wait for Ready Player Three. Anyway. Yeah. Um, just but had yeah. to get that out there, I just yeah. don't want anyone... Uh... Spielberg is, is just, I'm not saying anything new here. Everyone knows Spielberg is like one of the greatest directors. Yeah. So I'm not saying anything new. But him making a completely different type of movie... Was super fun to watch. Yeah. So that's, I think that's, this gets so many uh, points just because of that. It's him taking all of his old, not even, not quite old school Hollywood, but you know, uh, his he's style taking, from the he, 70s and 80s. He's to, to a 80s. director that
2: actually knows how to make a movie, and we've just been adjusted to these Marvel movies where mm. uh,
0: they'll just hire anyone off the street, and. Uh, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Someone who has been honing his craft for like 50 years at this point. He, he's no John Watts. He's but, no uh, John Watts. <laughs> oh, sweet God. John Watts seems like a good dude. Yeah,
2: no, he's fine. <laughs> I just think he's unqualified for Spider-Man. Yeah,
0: I, we'll see how this Fantastic Four goes. Um. Anyway, Spielberg. West Side Story. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I mean, he's clearly having a lot of fun with it, too. There's so
2: many. There's so many shots where you're like... It's a good shot, and Spielberg knows it. He knows how good this shot is, and it's upsetting. He's that a he... cocky man, but God, does he deserve that cockiness? You know, it's just yeah. There's so many. There's so many great shots in this one. I know the one that went on viral on Twitter recently is that, uh, is the ballroom uh, so dance good. kind of thing where. Uh, the the auditorium where they uh you know the cameras going through the uh, flying around like the, basically the entire auditorium is you know you're introducing these characters you have these big dance numbers you have all this uh, color and uh, choreography going on um in this one fluid moment and you're like yeah this is a really
0: great shot it's really fun to watch it's fantastic um, <laughs> like it is. It is good. It would be up there for like best shots of the year if they did. It, the Oscars should do a best shot. One perfect shot. Just, one perfect uh, shot
2: upgrades to a yeah, that <laughs> would be fun. Kind of I would be really interested. In that. I mean, that's kind of what that cinematography is for. I, though. I, the thing is, I would I, I would love one perfect shot award much more than whatever this Oscar cheer moment yeah, uh, thing is going to be. Anyway, but sure. you have like stuff like that. You have that that scene with like the the puddle and the reflection. That's uh, you know you're just uh, I don't know if you remember that shot as well. It's hard to describe yes, the shot, yes, yes, but yes, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, and you have scenes. He's constantly using like the the fire escapes to frame things, and you're like, <laughs> yeah, this is this is super clever. I get it. It's upsetting again that you're just like, you're it's so good. it's so natural to him, it you know, is. where he's just like, hey, guess what. Uh, they're they're kind of divided, the worlds apart, but they're trying to meet through the bars. So I'm gonna have them reach through the fire escape bars, and it's kind of like he's he also in it, prison, man. and then uh, it's like he's got the sight for it. <sighs> Spielberg yeah. doing his Spielberg thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's a very good
0: movie. It is just, but it is just, it's West Side Story. Yeah, that's the it's, thing. It, that's the number one thing it's held back by. It's just like. It's West Side Story, which is Romeo and Juliet. Right, you know? it's a very familiar story, and it's a very old school
2: story. That even if he has all this modern technical craft behind it, mm-hmm. it's just it's it's doing this tale of racial divisions that doesn't really have any kind of basis in reality ever. It's all so stagey, and it's right. fun to have it be that stagey. You know, to have all these uh, traditionally uh, theater performers uh, in these roles. Doing that uh, kind of theatrical version of these roles on screen. You know, right. a lot of people are playing this up in this
0: movie. Uh, Dude, in the really guy who's way. playing uh, Mercutio or whatever the heck, you know, the Mercutio role, right? That's yeah. what that is? Yeah. The guy who's, who's doing that is just doing John Mullaney, and it's hilarious. <laughs> um, I guess you could say John Mullaney's just doing a 50s, you know, guy. What am I looking for? I don't know, man. It's 2.45 <laughs> you know in the morning. <laughs> God, we got to go through these faster. Nah, no. it's, it's um, too late. We got all We're
2: the controversial deep. ones going uh, coming up still. Um, but no, I mean, like, West Side Story, it's, uh, it's a musical that has lived this long for a good reason. The score is great. The songs mm-hmm. are great. It has um, a lot of memorable numbers more than uh, a lot of other... Uh, Movie musicals from this year, you know, where you're you're looking forward to each song because they're all good songs. Yes, yeah, they were all good. And but it's um, just it's it's yeah, it's the Romeo and Juliet tragedy, which also has very little basis in like real emotions. It's just right. like it's melodramatic. It's fun to watch it play out. It's this movie is incredibly well acted
0: outside of Ansel Elgort. That's, that's what he's I was just really saying. bad in he's this, the, and it's very weird. It's weird because like he's bad in it, and he's yeah. also the elephant in the room the whole time. Yeah, where it's like uh, that's th-
2: it's it's like not a situation in which we're looking for things to hate about it because no. of the allegations against him. He's just he's just bad in the good. role, and you you never can avoid. Uh, noticing how bad he well, is. Well, and especially
0: when you, you put him against uh, um, Rachel Ziegler, right? That's how you pronounce it? <laughs> okay. Aaron, just hanging me out to dry today. Uh, you put him against Rachel Ziegler, who is so good. In this movie for this is like her first movie right yeah yeah she's insanely good like her her singing is amazing her uh just just the 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 screen presence in general is so good for I mean, this being her first movie that's the thing everyone in this movie has such great
2: presence you mm-hmm. know where they're doing that kind of that theatrical style where you know you when you have the spotlight on you you go for it you know yeah. you get people to notice you and Ansel Elgort, he's just playing it like this like low-key, like, mumbling he's kind of He's the thing. movie star
0: uh, in a sea of theater acts Yeah, like, he's right. trying
2: to play it like a real person right. much more and it's like, that's an interpretation but it doesn't fit with everyone else doing it in this theatrical style right. and it really makes him stand out um, in a way that does
0: it does dampen the show a little bit. Yeah. Um, obviously, Ariana DeBose is probably going to win uh best supporting actress for right. this. and Which, yeah, she well is, deserved yeah, yeah she's, she's really good. great her uh America number was so good that that is like an insanely good sequence, like oh, oh there's some shots in there, man. Where you're just like, yeah, again, Spielberg, he knows what he's doing, man, mm-hmm. <laughs> clearly, um. I uh, this one is like one of the ones that I'm like this is a long movie
2: though <laughs> like and, well I mean it's a musical they're yeah. always long but you have you have like two hours of plot plus another hour of songs to uh, a musical so it's they're always gonna be long right. you know and I do think it yeah it definitely does you you feel that length by the end of the movie um the, that that to can be said for a lot of the movies on this list but um. I mean, it's good. Yeah. It's just—I th- no, it think good. it's
0: partially because we know how it's going to end mm-hmm. that you do feel that length more. Yeah. It. Um, yeah, I mean, like, there's certainly things that uh, detract from it and pull it down, but at the end of the day, Spielberg's just great, and he—he he elevates literally every movie he's ever made. Yeah. So I mean, even Ready Player One, which I detest, I'm like. Well, he he knows what he's doing as far that's as that's the
2: only reason that movie works. It's because yeah, it
0: Spielberg is. Uh,
2: Spielberg understands nostalgia far better <laughs> ready than player... whoever it was that wrote that. I don't remember. Clive his name.
0: something. Yeah, Clive, some... Clive Clive Owen. <laughs> Clive Owen? Clive it er- Owen wrote it's that? Ernest Klein, right? Ernest Klein, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ernest Klein bad, Spielberg good. That's <laughs> where we're at. Wow. Hot take. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Um and of course, uh ready? Bit activated. And of course, West Side Story is going to win. All right, Hollywood—they do love to give awards to movies that already have won awards. (laughs) It's true.
2: (laughs) It's an easy choice, you know. Like it was good the first time around. It's good the second time around, you know. It's yeah. uh, It's like pizza, you know. You eat a pizza, you enjoy it. You order another pizza, you enjoy it just as much. It's pizza. Oh, I think I got the wrong pizza. This one has Ansel Elgort on it. (laughs) All
0: right. Um but they love Spielberg too, so you know it's yeah. an easy choice. It is, it is easy for them. And you know what? It's a big old grand. It's a it's a epic musical. And sometimes Hollywood's like, I do I do like a grand musical every now and then. Yeah. So it, it's that, that's why it's gonna win. All right, bit over. I don't know. I don't think West Side Story's gonna win, but no. it's whatever. No. But you guys, so. you're the only ones who know that. Mm-hmm. So, Twitter. Twitter. will we'll think we're right no matter what.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: All right. Yeah. Tied for fourth place. Yes. Again with I think uh, I know 13 points.
0: What it is, yeah. Nightmare Alley. Oh. Not what now thought I thought it was. Okay. No. Okay. All right. All right. Um yeah, we literally just finished this watching This was our this last one. watch, yeah. And I think it was a good place to end. I think you... this is such a uh like y movie, but also it's still Guillermo del Toro just being like, I make weird stuff, man, yeah. and that's what I like to do.
2: It is definitely even talking about the entire list of nominees, it's a very diverse list of nominees in terms of genre. It is. Um, so that's nice. Yeah, I... It, this was a neat one to end on Because this is one most uh, This is the movie I would be most likely to watch If it wasn't nominated probably Because it has del Toro behind it right. And it is uh, it is doing that uh, Noir thriller uh, genre mm-hmm. You know of course I'm going to uh, I'm gonna like this one, you know? Mm-hmm. It would be very hard for me to dislike this movie, which isn't to say that I loved it, because I didn't love it. Mm-hmm. I definitely think it's one of Del Toro's weaker
0: films, mm-hmm. but I did very much like it. <laughs> yeah. I-, I liked it a lot. I-, I don't know if love is quite where I'm at on it, but yeah. Um it's just one of those things where like I will just watch Guillermo del Toro doing his thing anytime. Yeah. Like this is a movie that is so distinctly del toro like you could show me just a couple shots in this movie I'd be like, yeah del toro directed this yeah and it's very it's so amazing in that way
2: it, and it's interesting because this is his first film ever without a supernatural element and mm-hmm. yet in every single frame of this movie you're like this is
0: just like any other del toro movie you know and it's not and it's not in like a way where it is like oh this just feels samey or this is no like- but it but it's like
2: um like uh, going almost immediately to spoilers is that shot where um I don't remember the character's names, I'll be honest. But Rooney Mara yes. is in that bloody dress yes. in the uh, garden, the snow falling. And you're like, this shot just looks like it's a shot from Crimson Peak. It does. You know, he just ripped it right from that movie and put it in this one. Yeah. You're like, yeah, this is Del Toro, you know? Even if she's not a real ghost, he's shooting it like she's the ghosts of Crimson Peak. And it's great. It's beautiful. She's the ghost of a life
0: past. Yeah. <laughs> um, Yeah, I just... I. It's one of those because I I struggle to think of a director currently working who has such a distinct style that you can just pick out a random shot and be like, Del Toro did this, you know? Like, I'm trying to think of someone who is just that established in their style that their style is also still so fresh every time they do it too it's so insanely good <laughs> like he's so good like I del Toros not nearly my favorite director but mm-hmm. I, like I, outside of Pacific Rim everyone I've seen from him I'm like this is good this is I enjoy Pacific this. is good You should. I haven't it. I haven't seen it yet maybe I need to you haven't you've seen it no I've seen, seen I haven't seen it
2: in a while. lately yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, obviously the production design in this movie, that's the selling point. Oh, absolutely. And it's great. It's absolutely great. You can definitely tell that Del Toro is most attracted to this story because of the carnival scenes. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why they spend so long at the carnival in the beginning of the movie, even if it doesn't have as much... you know obviously it's all set up leading up to this story later on but there's a very noticeable shift where we're in this carnival for like 40 minutes mm-hmm. and then we're in these like office buildings and uh city streets for like the next hour and a half right. and there's a very noticeable shift there mm-hmm. but um you can definitely tell that del toro's passion was in that carnival production
0: design because it's fantastic the, you know it was super early scene when he goes into the uh like not quite haunted house i guess i don't know what they're like Funhouse, I guess. Sure. Um, Like just the the set design there and the way he shoots it is so like just like oh man, dude, it just looks good, you know? <laughs> like just the lighting and the and the way it's just shot and and Cooper in it is. You know what? I'm coming around on Bradley Cooper. I think I think he's just actually so good. Like I've always been like, yeah, he's all right. I like Bradley Cooper fine, but. In this movie and then in another movie we'll talk about, yeah. he's just, he, he has he has range in a way that I, I think, I don't think he gets talked about enough, but I think he does have some range to him. Yeah, I do think he does a really,
2: he does a really good job in this movie uh, and kind of, he's definitely, he's doing a kind of familiar Bradley Cooper uh, kind of role until mm-hmm. the moments where you kind of see how sleazy and manipulative this guy is underneath that uh, yeah. that facade he's putting out because he's the showman, you know, and he's putting on this face for everyone else. And then when you see the the real face, you know, when that facade drops, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think Br- uh, Bradley Cooper does some really good acting in those scenes. I think especially the, the final scene of this movie, he's great in he's, that. He really fantastic. sells the right tone but... in
0: that Um and it, uh, it's a great note to end it on. Just a great ending. Yeah, absolutely just a great ending. That I And this is one that I did not know that this was a remake. So oh, you didn't? No, I didn't. So now I'm like super interested to watch the original and kind of see the inspiration and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Because the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, this is not just because it's in a carnival. Yeah. But this is, I guess the movie is just called Carnival of Souls. It's not really in a carnival. But it's so... Like, it has the same vibe, and I loved Carnival of Souls, so it's just really interesting to watch a movie that I feel like there is clearly inspiration taken from Mm -hmm. that movie, because it just feels like a Del Toro, like, must like this. I would be very surprised if Del Toro does not like Carnival of Souls, (laughs) because it is very him. Um, It's just very interesting to watch just a several years later type version of of a story like that, so I... Mm -hmm. I just thought that was really interesting. Yeah, and I would definitely be interested in watching the original
2: as well. I do think the original will probably be the stronger work, because I do think mm-hmm. what holds this version back is that it is kind of indulgent, mm-hmm. where it's Del Toro's like, hey, I won an Oscar last time I made a movie, so now I'm going to get all my friends in Hollywood. We're going to make a movie that's just, this is a movie I'm really passionate about. Uh, this is a movie I loved, um, so I'm going to remake it in my own vision. Um, and he's just like he's making this two and a half hour, like, it's fairly unmarketable. This movie didn't make money for a very good reason. Um, and that's very, that's very fun to watch. But I do think that, um, it does. It definitely it hurts the film a little bit. How much of this is just kind of like a vanity project for Del Toro, where it's like, sure. yeah, if you love Del Toro, it's really fun to just see him, you know, go wild on the screen and just do whatever he wants because now he has the uh, he has the Oscar backing to do it. Um, but I I think it makes it a looser film than it could have been. Like this movie does not need to be two and a half hours long. You could easily no, trim this. It
0: definitely does not. Is this the movie? that uh, Willem Dafoe is talking about in that viral TikTok sound. I'm like actually I curious. I don't know so. what... I mean, like, there's no like direct evidence of it, but it just feels like something he would bring to it. You I don't know? remember what the TikTok sound was. He's gay, but he has a uh, special connection to classical music. There's a lot of things that are interesting about him. That's not this movie. I know, it can't be. <laughs> I need to know what movie it is, though. I, I struggle every time. Uh, but Willem DePaul, he's, he's fun in this. He's doing... Uh, Everyone is good in this. Yeah. Like, I, I really enjoyed just about every performance in this one. Um I, like, for some reason didn't realize that was Richard Jenkins either, but then, like, now that I'm thinking, I'm like, yeah, that's Richard Jenkins.
2: Yeah, well, because like... he was in uh, Shape of yeah, Water, yeah. so it's just, like, it's, yeah, it's just him being like, I want the ask for Shape of Water, let's just do that again, kind
0: of. This Don't one's less weird, there's yeah. no
2: fish in it, da, da, da. And there no fish uh, that, I saw with, uh, are no sleeping
0: There might have been some fish in the background. I didn't see him. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
2: that feels like a very del Toro thing you would have done is like somewhere in the Carnival Freak show, just kind of have
0: Doug Jones in the Shape of Water makeup (laughs) just in the background somewhere. (laughs) Um, Always loved seeing Rooney Mara and stuff, so that was fun. Yeah. What has she been up to? I kind of miss seeing her. She hasn't really done anything in a long time. Ghost story is really the last thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, that's not important. Um, but yeah, I, really, the standout is Cooper. I think Cooper is just so outstandingly good in this. Like, I like to the point where I'm like, I think I really like Bradley Cooper in movies now. I think I just am down with it yeah. if he's going to continue doing stuff, not necessarily against type, because he he's just he, he, with that shows his range. I guess is more what I'm looking mm-hmm. for out of him. Kate um, Blanchett's fine. Kate Blanchett's one of those actresses where I'm just like. Yeah, you just it, it's the same thing with Will Smith. You get what you're getting when you hire yeah. Kate
2: Blanchett, yeah. you know? So. Yeah, you know exactly how her character is going to turn out by the end of the story
0: because it's
2: Kate Blanchett. It's Kate Blanchett. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. Um I don't know. I don't know that I have much else to say about Nightmare Alley. I think I think we're just good on that one. Yeah, I mean it was are.
2: it was very uh
0: it was very entertaining, but
2: yeah. it's uh I don't I don't see it uh winning in any way. It definitely feels just kind of like uh we gave you an Oscar last time you made a movie, so we'll throw a nom your way for this one, but I don't think anyone's really that passionate about it uh, no. to give it a best picture kind of thing. So, I mean, I do think it I do think it's one of Del Toro's weaker films. I don't think it's his worst film I'd have to definitely, it. but um it it, def- it definitely didn't it wasn't as Gripping as the films he makes with supernatural
0: elements, you know. No. Yeah, I mean, Crimson Peak will probably stay my favorite for a long time. I that movie is just so good. Um, but yeah, I, I it'd be in near I mean, I like it better than either of the Blade movies. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you only did the one, oh, that's right, you only did two, that's right, yeah, yeah. that's right. Um so, but I mean,
2: even even with this not being uh, you know horror movie, there are some great you know like the, the there are yeah, th- there's very shocking bits of violence in this movie that work very well. You know, mm-hmm. I I think uh, Del Toro has, like stressed how you know much of an R rating he wanted this movie to have, and like yeah, it shows. It's mm-hmm. it's part of why it was unmarketable, but you yeah. know, it's like yeah, it's great having these movies that are
0: just. Uh, Willing to go places, you know? Absolutely. So yeah, uh, of course, we're going to start the bit again, so ready? Mm -hmm. And of course, Nightmare Alley, it's going to win. Yeah, yeah, I I mean, I... I they love Del Toro. They yeah, gave him. They clearly. The thing
2: is, you know, if you're going to say if you're going to watch The Shape of Water, the movie where a woman sleeps with a fish monster, and be like, "That's best picture," how are you not going to give it to this man? Doing like, "Hey, this is a more traditional movie. This you is know? A noir Are you film. trying to tell me this movie is less worthy than the movie where a woman uh, <laughs> sleeps with a fish monster?" <laughs>
0: Absolutely not. <laughs> you can't you? do
2: that. That's not why it has to win. It you know? has to win. The, otherwise, the the academy is gonna have to feel embarrassed about giving Shave of Water the award if they that don't was award this one as well. <laughs> How
0: did that win? I, I mean, no I'm, I'm happy
2: for it, but you know, it was very wild. Well, I mean, it's one of those uh, movies about movies, in, sure. in a very small portion of that movie, but just enough for the Oscars right. to take
0: to it. Right. Yeah. So, of course, Nightmare Alley. Mm-hmm. Your, your Oscar winner mm-hmm. lock it in and bit over not yeah. gonna win not gonna win man. not gonna win we talked about it before <laughs> the bet even happened yeah Um. so
2: coming up yeah uh, tied for second place mm-hmm. I honestly don't know how this ranking is supposed to work It's is it tied for because fifth and fourth are the same place And then three and two are the same place. So I have no idea how that uh, works up. If it's they tie for four and then they tie for two, or do they tie for three and then they tie for two? I don't know. But anyway, next up. Okay. um, With 16 points. So number three, here we go. Power of the Dog. Okay, okay.
1: Hmm.
2: Again, this is the tie, but we're going with uh, the one we saw oldest first.
0: I mean, I saw this one yeah. back when it first came out. You just watched I this I just watched one. it. This was one that was, like, I struggled to get into for, like, too long to really say I really loved it, but once I it, it did get into it and the story really does pick up, I really did enjoy where it went, to the point where I feel like if I do rewatch it, I will appreciate the first half of the movie so much more, because I'll understand, like, what it's setting up. It, it's one mm-hmm. of those where it's the battle of, like... You don't know where it's going, so nothing seems all that important until you understand where it's going. Sure. And then once you do it, you're like, okay, I understand this, and I understand where this is headed, and I understand these characters more. Right. But I think there is uh, the uphill battle of this one of being like, okay, what what is going on? Not like, what's the point? but, like, what is going on? <laughs> right, and, I mean, we did talk about this before
2: the podcast of how yeah. there's, like, a very noticeable perspective shift in this movie where you feel like uh, Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons are going to be bigger characters in the movie than they actually end up being, yeah. where the the first part of the movie makes it feel like they're going to have a big central role, and then mm-hmm. they kind of drop off as we just kind of get the back and forth uh, between... I gotta look up these character names, but... Uh... Bendit Cumberbatch is Phil. Yeah. And then, uh... What's the other kid's name? Oh, Peter. 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 And then there's Bronco Henry. (laughs) (laughs) Bronco Henry. But no, I I really like this movie, and I think... Our difference on this one might be because I'm much more a fan of the western genre than you are. Mm-hmm. Um, where I I didn't used to like that western, uh, like westerns at all. I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I didn't like westerns at all. Then I took a uh, a really good college course on the western and uh, kind of how it's tied to the American identity, um, and it completely shifted my perspective. And now I, you know, I eat them up. You know, mm-hmm. I really like them, and especially That's like. Fair ones like this that are much more subversive, Mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, the western... Genre is pr- traditionally promotes this very specific view on masculinity mm-hmm. and what it means to be a man, and then to kind of have a movie like this come in and subvert that—that's something that you know I latch onto. That's something mm-hmm. that um, I really take through. This is probably my favorite of the nominations, honestly.
0: Mm, that's fair. I mean, that is the best stuff in this movie. Is when that second half does come. Everything in that second half is so good. I, I think. Benedict Cumberbatch, Phil's character, is so interesting. And he does such a good job in the role, too. Like, I think... Will Smith is going to win this award, but I think Benedict Cumberbatch would be my pick for for favorite. Mm -hmm. Because he just does play him as such a... real character for as cruel as he is. And as... You, like, understand the character in a way that I think comes through entirely in Cumberbatch's performance. Because he is... I think it's just who he is as an actor too. He just has a certain type to him that he's playing against in this movie as the more cowboy, you know, mm-hmm. like oh, rough and tumble kind of guy. And right. then when you do get the more tender moments with him, you're like, this is more what Cumberbatch is known for, and he plays it really well, and I think the way he does both is super great. So, yeah, it's a very it's a very complex
2: performance and um Yeah, no, I think he does a really incredible job of building this character um, that's so multi-layered and feels so real where he can have these moments where he is like the cruelest person and you hate his guts. And then he has this moment where you kind of you're put in this perspective you know obviously the whole the whole movie is kind of you know peter and phil having this kind of you know back and forth kind of shifting power dynamic between them and there's these moments where you you like this guy you know where mm-hmm. you, you like phil and you're like this guy's uh, this guy's really funny he's really interesting he thinks about things in a unique way you know yeah. he's uh, um and then he shifts it back and i think he does a really good job of of being, uh, of where we can see where that cruelty comes from yes. in a way where we can... He doesn't make it cartoonish, you know? No. I think it'd be really easy to do it because obviously it's like, oh, you could just say, oh, he's repressed about his sexuality, so he's lashing out and being cruel against other people because of that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's actually what he's doing in his performance, you no, know? Where I it's like, it's so not, that. it's not that repression. It's just kind of like he loved someone, lost them and just yeah. doesn't like anyone else in the world. So right. that's just who this man is. But now he's kind of found someone else who he's kind of taking to, you yeah. know. Um, and that opens up this other side of him. Um, and then that makes that ending hit
0: so well. <laughs> yeah, it uh, it really does. The ending is so good to this. Like I it was So completely out of left... Like, not out of left field, but just... I was not expecting it at all. Because that's the thing. I, I didn't really know anything about this movie so that's where I'm like trying to figure out where it's headed because like I had heard certain things about the movie you know I I like oh you know I kind of have an idea of where this is headed and then it didn't head in that direction I'm like okay and then it starts to head more in that direction but then just left turns too so you're like okay I don't know what I was expecting from this movie I (laughs) guess what did you hear
2: about the movie
0: (laughs) well then it was more the uh, because I the thing that you do hear about it is that it is a like it's more of a repression story but I think you're right it is less of about that and more about loss than anything um and also you know you hear sam elliot be like god dang idiot on a podcast and you're like sam oh, elliot you're here a- to uh, explain him. i can't do it my <laughs> voice is not that low i can't do that but you know yeah i don't know It's one of those where you hear things about it, and then you're like, okay, I have an idea of what I'm getting into. And then you you watch it, and you're like, okay, I had no idea what I was getting into, but I like it better for it. I think this is a much more interesting story the way it's actually told, so...
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I uh, <laughs> everyone's great in this movie. I think uh Kirsten Dunst does great. Uh does a great work in her uh in her role. You know that scene where she's uh you know nervously trying to play the piano and great. it's it's fantastic, you know. Um obviously her character is supposed to kind of be more that like mousy, uh insecure character and she does that really well, you know. And mm-hmm. She uh uh, it, it's nice to see her on screen again. You know, yeah, being oh, able is. to it get is. some time to shine because very, very underappreciated. Um, and then Jesse Plemons just does oh, his Jesse God, Plemons I love him. thing. I love him. Um, you know, I, he's just fun to watch, man. It's fun uh, that uh, yeah, you know, it, it is. It was very uh, sweet when they uh, both got like their nominations uh, together, and then uh, mm-hmm. got to celebrate as a couple. So that was fun. Uh. uh
0: how, how do you feel about Cody Smith McPhee in it?
2: He's good. I mean, he's uh he he has that kind of you know, you you don't see it really coming from him. Yeah. Which is what works so well about this uh the the movie where um where you have that moment where you're like, Oh, he's gonna kill this dude <laughs> Yeah. Um, where it's like you don't really anticipate it at all, where you kinda of buy into the the way he wants Phil to see him to right. let to have Phil let his guard down around him and you kind of as the audience member let your guard down around him as well and then you're like oh no we shouldn't have done that this dude's yeah. out to kill which is great. <laughs> it um, is great so I think he does a really good job plus that uh, that scene at the beginning where he just goes out and hula hoops <laughs>
0: you know, uh, aggressively so, hula hoops too it's so funny that's funny <laughs> um, yeah no I I thought he was good I. I, it, it is just that thing where I just think it was this battle of like, I don't know what I'm expecting from this, so I don't know where to, take. yeah, like, you don't know where it's going to go, you don't know what this character's going to do, and then you find out, and you're like, okay, this paints the whole movie in a different light, and now I need to rewatch it just to understand what was happening for part of this, you know? Yeah. Um, and I don't think that's a bad thing, I think that's actually a good thing, that it is rewatchable in that way. Mm-hmm. Um but I just think it, it's one of those that I won't have a full appreciation for until I do actually sit down and rewatch it at some point. Weirdest poll in the cast. Thomasin McKenzie. Yeah, she just kind of doesn't have much to do. It's no. kind of weird that
2: they uh, even Why, put her yeah. in this,
0: you know? I mean, good for her, you know? She's, you know, getting work after Jojo Rabbit, but...
2: Yeah, but I, she's another part of that thing where it's like, you it's hard to understand whose perspective we're following for a while in the first part of this movie. Mm-hmm. Where yeah, they just kind of throw her in there, and we naturally kind of think that her character is going to be more important because yeah. it's uh, it's an actor we know,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and then she doesn't. She's yeah. just not really uh, any part of the story
0: at all. No, no, she's just kind of there. <laughs> Um, I did think the uh, just the the vistas, the landscapes were just beautiful. Right. Um, this is like on location shooting. Yeah, and, on location in New Zealand, not yeah. the American West. What? Well, what is? What? What do they know about the American West? <laughs> <Is that> your, <laughs> well, I don't know if they know a goddamn thing about the American West. It's bad. It's, I, bad. it's not. Good. It's, it's not really even bad. close. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a good movie. I liked it. Yeah, it's a very good movie.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, it is very much kind of like that that slow burn and very subtle, too, where you kind of really have to pay attention to even understand why how like how Phil dies, you know? Mm-hmm. Where it's like they don't really necessarily spell it out all that much. Um, and then, you just kind of have to pay attention to the tiny little clues. And
0: I, it's great. It's and great then when that they the, do your... Like, there's a distinct moment where I'm like... forgot they mentioned that earlier yeah, yeah that's right yeah whoops yeah. And, and that's great I, <laughs> yeah. I
2: love that when a film can do that where it just kind of trusts its audience to just pick up on those details and it, and and it that's,
1: puts so I mean many... that's pretty much
2: the entire the entire film like obviously uh, we joke about Bronco Henry but because it's <laughs> yeah. it's so funny how well done it is how they incorporate this into the story where we instantly understand their relationship to yeah. one another um, but they only ever do it in these very subtle ways yeah
0: i think the scene where he's in the forest with the the handkerchief is i wouldn't necessarily (laughs) i wouldn't necessarily call that subtle but yeah sure
2: sure But i mean they never explicitly state anything you're still just like oh he just thrusts into
0: it (laughs) that's that's all he does um what was i forgot i was gonna say about it i don't remember anymore Oh, oh, I think it does such a good job of, of putting these pieces into play that you don't even think are going to be a bigger thing until mm-hmm. later. Like, oh, he, he never wears gloves for any of this. Oh, you know, that's a whole thing. Yeah. Oh, he uh, oh, he's castrating the bulls. Oh, last one, you end up nicking yourself. And then it's just like that eventually evolves into more and more and more. Yeah. And then he just you just are like, oh, he's going out. He's just... Kid's just a little weird. He's just cutting up cows. I don't know. He's just a weird
2: dude sometimes. Right. Like, that scene, it's just, like, so... It, it just feels, like, atmospheric when you first yeah. watch it, where you're just, like, yeah, this is kind of, like, a... It just, like, a like a poetic little uh, kind of scene, you're, you know, where you're just establishing the, uh, the environment and the characters mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff, but then it just comes back in the biggest way. <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. So, in that way, I... I really did like it again i think I'll, I'll like it more on rewatch but until then what can i say about it you know mm-hmm. it's good all right do you want to do the bit because time uh, for the bit everybody all right so and of course mm-hmm. power the dog yeah it's gonna win it's gonna win best picks i mean honestly sure. i think it has
2: probably it, it's definitely either going to be this or coda um, but I would say Power of the Dog because it has that kind of award backing already. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of swept the circuit already. Um, Hollywood loves westerns; they, do. they love. Uh, I mean, they, they. Netflix is probably throwing a lot of money behind getting that Oscar winner, yeah. uh, and um, this is
0: one of their most worthy contenders too, because it's. Uh, uh, yeah, what, what would have been their next? next biggest contender. I can't even think of uh, one. Don't look up. Uh... <laughs> oh, Roma. The Roma, Roma or yeah, yeah. The Irishman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. The
2: Irishman was too long to yeah. win Best Picture. I I forget
0: that that was even nominated for Best or, or I'm sorry. I, I remember it's nominated. I forget that was Netflix. Yeah. It did it. Um yeah, I, honestly, I I do think this one will win. Um it just has everything going for it. Amazing performances Fantastic location, Mm -hmm. fantastic score too. I thought was so good. Um, Plus, the thing is, the Academy has to kind of give this award to it to make
2: up for snubbing *Brokeback Mountain*. You know, they do that. Oh, we're not, we're not
1: homophobic.
2: We're awarding the gay cowboy movie (laughs) twenty years (laughs) later. Twenty years later.
0: (laughs) Oh God! And then they can pat themselves on the back for being progressive, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that seems to be our uh, our through line with all of yeah. this is that they just want to be patted on the back. <laughs> <But> <laughs> That's what the Academy Awards are for, <laughs> absolutely, and we love them for it. <laughs> um, yeah. So that one, uh, not even really a bit. I just do think that one will win. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it uh, it is what it is. Power of the dog. Yes, your favorite. My, I don't remember where I had it on mine. I think fifth. So, top five. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we talked about this where uh, in my year,
2: my ranking of all the movies I saw in 2021, I had West Side Story above this one. Mm -hmm. But looking specifically at the nominees, this is my favorite of the nominees. In terms of like thinking of the criteria of best picture, Mm -hmm. um, I really like this one more than West Side Story, which is probably the, you know, more impressively made movie. Yeah. But doesn't, isn't as thematically rich as this movie. No, I agree. I agree. Um, so moving on to mm-hmm. the one that tied with it, also with uh sixteen points, mm-hmm.
0: licorice pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: That's the one you were one,
0: anticipating. Uh... <laughs> yeah, this is this one's my favorite of the, of the the movies. This one and the next one are like pretty much tied for me. I think they could go either way, which
2: is why they went that high. I mean, this yeah. one, this was ten points from Jacob, six points from me. You know, this mm-hmm. is kind of the middle of the pack for me. But Jacob really loved this one, so yeah.
0: Um, I'll let you start like we did with Belfast if you want, and then we can just go from there. And Dune, as we do. I mean, I I enjoyed this movie.
2: I th- I think there's a lot of great pieces to this movie that I really loved. You know, I think the performances are great. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really cool seeing uh, Cooper Hoffman just kind of take up the mantle of, of his dad and just uh, do a do a great job in this role. Um, I really liked, you know, I, you, you, you did a really good job of, um, creating the sense of, uh, time and place, you know, where you're recreating, uh, this very specific era of American history, uh, that, um, it's always fun watching that, um. I think there's so many funny lines throughout this yeah. movie in um, one extended sequence that's just like the funniest thing in uh, in like any film this year yeah I, so everything good. from when they arrive at Bradley Cooper's house up until you know when they uh, have to roll the the van down the hill because they run out of gas. everything in that chunk of the movie is just like perfection like yes. that's just like one of the greatest scenes uh, in cinema this year yeah um. What? No, hit me I, with it, Aaron. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trying to convey positive thoughts because yes. I know we are going to have a conversation about this movie. Yeah. Where, um, I think this movie has a lot of very interesting and impactful things to say about, um, our relationships to one another, the way kind of attraction, uh, and attention, kind of, you know. Become like this the same thing, and uh, the way we seek validation in people in other people when um, you know, uh, we bounce back and forth between people that we uh should be looking for validation for from and people who are just kind of paying attention to us and we mistake that for a validation of our identity kind of thing. I -hmm. think there's a lot of interesting ideas there, but I think that this movie would have been stronger if it had ended like a minute earlier because the elephant in the room about this movie is of course the age gap between yeah. the two central characters one being 25 Maybe. quote unquote and the other one being explicitly 15 yeah um where no. i just wish there's a line they cross in the last minute of this movie that i just wish that they hadn't because you don't need to cross it to keep all the same thematic stuff that you were already doing and it just, it. Yeah. we wouldn't have to really have this conversation as strongly as as we do. TikTok wouldn't be as up in arms about it as they are um, if it didn't cross that line where, you know, it's just, it's frustrating that they went there, you know, because, mm-hmm. again, I don't think it's needed. I don't think it, um... I think it only hurts the movie where it doesn't add anything to it,
0: and maybe I don't know if you have an argument for it. You just, I, I don't. I see. I agree that like when because in your review you're like it's skeezy no matter which way you cut it, you slice it. It was a good pizza pot. Thank I you. Like thank but I think that is wholly intentional. At least I, I hope it's intentional because I view the ending of this as like a sort of juxtaposition where in it, it, it feels triumphant, but deep down you're like, this is rock bottom. <laughs> like, and I think that's a super interesting way to end this movie where, cause there's that you were talking about that scene mm-hmm. where, um, they're in the, the whole end where she's uh, driving backwards, uh, out of gas gliding backwards down the hills and at the end of that just her defeated like this is what my life is and i hate this but it's it, it's this, when she, this is the thing, we had to talk with spoilers for these movies because I don't think this movie could be talked about without spoilers in some ways.
2: I mean, the thing is, this is a very, uh, this is a very loosely structured movie where it's just kind of bouncing it's a hangout from, movie. yeah, it's bouncing from idea to idea and plot thread to plot thread. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really the entire narrative arc of this movie ends up being uh, the relationship between Alana and Gary, you know? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's where it starts. That's where it
0: ends. That's the story being told here. I I've seen people say because I I've, I've looked into like what other people have to say about it. Because I'm like, am I out? Of, am I like you know just wrong on this? Like, am I just <laughs> should, you know just trying to like see what other people think about it? Yeah. And there are some people who are like, oh, I don't think the ending is like really happening. And I'm like, I don't know that you can read it that way. I mean, I guess you could, but. It is de- There is definitely
2: like a, a dreamy quality to the final shots mm-hmm. where I guess you could argue that, but I don't know if it's really that highly supported that, the text. Yeah, I, I that think supported. that's more just kind of like looking for a defense of it. Um, but I do want to return to what you were saying earlier where it's like, um, it's important to note, and this is the thing that TikTok and Twitter always forgets, mm-hmm. that depicting something is not the same as condoning it. No. And you can say that maybe the ending is intentionally skeevy or it is a moment of her reaching rock bottom Mm -hmm. and i think yeah you could read it that way it just makes it a much like darker and depressing movie than it really uh seems to be for throughout the entire runtime where you uh, you reach this point where you're like oh it's just like Every single relationship in life is going to be the same thing. You're never going to be understood by another person. There's always going to be that kind of... uh, (laughs) You know... uh, Just that uh, everyone else is just not going to ever perceive you in the way that you want to be perceived. And so she just kind of runs to just... Someone who... It feels more substantial than you know. You know, like a, it says it sounds weird saying this because yeah. obviously there's uh, bad connotations to this, but I mean right. like her best available option kind right. of thing, right. where it's like the only the only her person best available option
0: is the worst available.
2: option. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I, so I think that I think yeah. you could say that maybe the that's what the film is trying to say is that she literally doesn't have any good options, so she ends up picking something that um yeah is the worst possible option to go for um but again that's just like a really dark and depressing kind of theme which it's uh, it's questionable i just i kind of question whether that was the intention based on how much this movie is just kind of that fun hangout movie
0: for so much of it sure i i guess I, i see it that way so much more because the entire time like these two people are awful for each other Like, they enable each other in the worst places. Like, clearly, they're at completely different levels of... Obviously, one's a kid, one's an adult. Like, the whole time, there is not a a version of it where it shakes out where this ends up okay, I guess. The whole time, you're like, okay, this is happening, and this is going to lead down an awful road, but they're just... It's the continued, like, being... Attracted to the idea of what someone makes you feel, it's it's being attracted to someone who is uh, like, what's the word? I'm to figure out how to phrase this because this is the other thing. It's like I don't want to sound like I'm defending it because I'm clearly not. I think the ending is a downer ending, but I think that's okay, and I think that makes it a better movie. Is that mm-hmm. it's a downer ending? Because um, it was a downer time, man. <laughs> You know, Nam? Yeah. Nam's pretty bad. But I guess what the point I'm trying to make is I
2: think that even if you want to interpret it as a downer ending where she's running back into the arms of someone that she shouldn't just because everyone else in her life is awful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you can get that same idea if you just cut... The movie, the last minute of the movie, the scene where they actually kiss. Yeah, I think if you just cut because there's the scene, the moment right before that is they kind of they kind of see each other on the streets. There's the montage of all the times they've been running towards each other throughout the movie, mm-hmm. and then they run towards each other. She leaps into his arms, and they kind of she kind of tackles them. They fall off screen. That if you just cut there. I agree. It works a lot better because you still get that same idea of all these. You still make that same thematic point about, uh, you know, that, uh, returning to, uh, returning to these people, this person that is awful from you, but, uh, also you know everyone's awful for you so it's just kind of trying to discover yourself with someone it's always gonna be a messy awful situation um but the actual crossing the line by, by having mm-hmm. the 25 year old character kiss the 15 year old character that's mm-hmm. a bridge too far in my opinion that's fair um hot take i don't think 25 year olds <laughs> should kiss 15 year olds but i mean again like,
0: let me let me let me restate i completely agree yeah <laughs> okay.
2: Just right, honestly. no, but I mean, like, even if we want to see it as, like, this really dark, depressing ending, mm-hmm. you still get that if you just don't actually depict that kiss. I would agree, I would agree. I... And if you're trying to be provocative by including that, like,
0: yeah, you did your job, but now... <laughs> yeah, but now you're not gonna win any awards because of it. um, Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, I see. I, the thing is, it's one of those where like I see what everyone is saying about it, and I can't disagree with it. Yeah. But I think that there is a level of self awareness to it that I think people just kind of tend to not understand sometimes. I'm not saying like if you don't like it, you don't understand it. Like, yeah. I hate that. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying that there is a level of nuance to the depiction of it, not to the situation itself. And I think that the film is aware of that in the way that, like, all of her relationships are, like, with way older men, too. And I think that's clearly intentional, other than the Skylar guy. But that's kind of like a surrogate... Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Um, So I think that's clearly uh, something going on there as far as that goes. We just watched this one yesterday, too, so I haven't had a lot of time to think and sit on this one. But, um... Yeah, I think there's just a lot more going on than I think people give it credit for, if that's Mm -hmm. fair. That being said, (laughs) the one part where I do agree, the weird John Michael Higgins part is like, yeah, I don't know about that.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's obviously the other conversation that's happening around this movie. And again, it ties into it thematically in terms of like, this is a a man who just kind of views his wives as interchangeable just kind of like props for his Japanese restaurant Mm -hmm. um and obviously the butt of the joke is supposed to be on him Mm -hmm. as you know this awful ignorant
0: person Um, I think you still get that if you don't include the weird caricature voice he does you know like that's a bridge too far I'd say
2: yeah I mean the the thing is it's From what I've heard, there's a lot of people that have... The people that have been... that I've heard talk about uh, that moment kind of saw this in a theater whereas we watched it just the two of us Mm -hmm. and they kind of called out the theater for laughing at that moment yeah um, where it's like it's not necessarily depicted as a joke by the movie itself Mm -hmm. but the fact that the audience took it as a joke is uh, concerning you know is like what that conversation is Mm -hmm. obviously we didn't get that
0: experience because we watched it with just the two of us right um, the joke is when he says he doesn't speak Japanese. Right, like that's clearly intended to be the punchline.
2: Yeah, but yeah, I I do think you're right that you don't need you don't need the voice in order to make that same thematic point about um you know tying into that that point of the you know objectification in uh in like uh, relationships you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Well, he we talked about the two
0: elephants. In there. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so we'll just we'll we'll move on yeah. because we're not gonna we're not gonna you know solve this. Uh... No, I mean the thing is that if, that's, if that's, you don't my, like it, that's totally fine. That's that's my opinion. Is I think if you just if you just cut the movie, you cut the kiss. Mm-hmm. Um, you can still you still have all that same thematic uh context uh to the movie. It's just you know you don't actually cross that line. Um,
0: I think that would have made it a stronger movie. Sure, I can't I can't say you're wrong. You know, yeah. So, uh, but on the other uh, aspects of it, uh, Bradley Cooper's killing Bradley Cooper it in this is movie. great. in this He movie.
2: is killing he it. Just it's just so weird because that that sequence in the movie just. It has such a different tone than, like, the rest of the movie, even though the entire movie is, like, goofy, um, like, the, mm-hmm. this goofy hangout, like, outlandish uh, get-rich-quick uh, scheme kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, but just that sequence where Bradley Cooper comes in, uh, and he just, like, especially towards the end of it, where he just, like, throws the trash can through the window, and then just <laughs> walks away and then walks back into the frame to try to pick up the woman. <laughs> it's
1: so good! It's so good!
2: It's so it's so funny. Oh my god. And it's by far the funniest thing in this movie and I just yeah. wish the movie had had like that had been the movie the entire time. Like show me that movie, you know.
0: I agree. I don't know. It it almost might work better that it is just so segmented because it the, the it's so much Funnier because it comes out of nowhere. I think there is like a certain level of like this is shocking. Why is this happening? I don't Mm -hmm. know. I love it. Like just the way it starts with him, just Barbara Streisand, 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 and they're just saying the exact same thing. But it goes on for so long to like the I think he's gonna kill my brother kind of thing. Like it just it escalates so well the
2: escalation is so great throughout the entire the entire sequence yeah, yeah just when that that conversation escalating mm-hmm. to the point where he just like le- leaves the hose running in the house yeah. to the point where they drive and they pick him up on the road and, and it just keeps going you keep on thinking this is going to be the final moment of this yeah. bit and it just keeps going and the great and then the great moment where um they take him to the gas station they drop him <laughs> off to get gas and then they drive back you know, destroy his car. Yeah. And then they, they run, run out of gas. Yes. And it's just such a brilliant little comedic beat. It's so good. Because um, that's, that's, you know, it's just layer upon layer upon layer. And that's just the moment where it just hits how, you know, how insane this layering has become.
0: Yeah. It's so good. That, that whole sequence is amazing. Like, that is the absolute standout of the movie. Mm-hmm. But I I do think everything around it works so good too. I think the the scene in the the uh the restaurant that like starts with them at, at separate tables and then Sean Penn is with Alana Hayam and I don't know I don't know their character name. Alana's just named Alana. Yeah. All the Hayam sisters are just named their 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 names. I don't know. Welcome to the movies. Um but just the the escalation of that as well, where it starts with Oh, it starts out like the scene in hot rod, where he's like, I hey, Sullivan! get over here, Sullivan! (laughs) Like, it starts out like that, and then continues to build to, okay, he's doing, he's gonna do this jump, she's drunk out of her mind, Gary's there, and he's trying to be like, you know, he's trying to make her jealous with girls his own age, which is also like, a rock bottom moment for him at the end too, also, because like, he has ruined so many relationships he could have had, because he's chasing something so awful. Yeah. Um, just another, just another little thing for you. Um, oh yeah so then being like okay now I'm on the now they're on the bike they're gonna do a jump where they just set a pit on fire on the golf course and just the 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 great moment where she's like do you even know what my real name is to him just gassing it and her falling off the back is just fantastic just fantastic Mm -hmm. so good (sighs) what a good movie man I man I dug it I just dug the vibe of it all you know I, I, yeah just hangout movies are fun yeah i mean it uh reminds me a lot of uh of um i know i I
2: think other people made the comparison it's it's kind of like once upon a time in hollywood where it's just like that 70s hangout movie kind of thing um and it's also it reminded me a lot of everybody wants some by Mm. richard link later which is another kind of like hangout movie um with similar vibes where yeah you know, like it's 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 fun. You know, it's um, I don't know if it's uh, best picture worthy in any way. Right. I definitely think it's I, I've seen now four Paul Thomas Anderson movies, and I think this is the uh, my uh, least favorite of the four I've seen. Okay, just because I think I think he's stronger when he's doing something uh, doing something like darker and more serious you know okay, okay i think that's his strength as a director because you know there will be blood fantastic movie that's probably my favorite of the four i've seen um and it's such a drastically different uh tone <laughs> than this movie <laughs> where i think this is good i just think that his strength
0: is not as much uh in this style that's fair the haim sisters are in it so that that made me like it actually probably a lot more than i should have so (laughs) um it was great it was just such a great thing too i already told aaron this but there's just a moment where i'm like that looks a lot like danielle that's interesting oh the character's name's danielle that is danielle (laughs) like oh my god Mm -hmm. so it's kind of funny i didn't realize that was their parents too it's kind of funny yeah it is kind of funny that they also got the parents um
2: um. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's licorice pizza. All right. Bit time. Sure. <laughs> so and of course licorice uh-huh. pizza. It's gonna win. Yeah. Of course licorice pizza is gonna win because Hollywood's filled All with right. pedophiles. Yep. I, yep. Of right. course they're gonna award this.
0: <laughs> All right. That's about where that was gonna go. Uh. But yeah, just uh, just well shot, well uh, acted. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of fun. Just a good time at the movies. Except we sat at home and watched it. That's true. We did. <laughs> Anything else to say about that? Or that's fit
2: a, done? That's the done. That was my bet. How it does win? So that's the clip we have to use. <laughs> um. All right. So number one. That number makes one. It number one. Last last pick. Um. And this is because this one. Hang on. Let me open up my phone so I can confirm the point count. Got nine points from both of us. Yeah, this was, so was our no, second place our choice. Twos. Um drive my
0: car. Yeah. What a wild movie this is. This is wild. In yeah. like wild not the way you'd think. <laughs> like it's not like anything crazy happens and it. it's just it, just a strange film in the way it's it's made and presented, but it works so well. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean yeah. it's
2: just it's like a slow burn therapy session. So it's not exactly what I expected from the movie, but yeah. like yeah, I got my money's worth, you know. Yeah. I feel like I I processed some things as a person from watching this. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. I'm I'm down.
0: Yeah. Oh man, what it, this one Oh my god, it's so good. It's so good. It um
2: I mean, I'm definitely glad that this got a nomination cuz I do think it's going to, you know, cause a lot of people to watch this movie that otherwise wouldn't have because the, it's a 3-hour foreign film that doesn't it doesn't have as you know like uh as sexy of a hook as something like Parasite where you're like you know there's uh more intrigue to this idea of oh this there's this family infiltrating the rich family's house uh, mm-hmm. and then there's people living under the house and like like that's a very showy premise whereas this one is literally like hey it's this playwright he's grieving he drives around in a car for 3 hours It's the best movie you've ever seen. (laughs) Yeah,
0: and it's just... It's... It's just so sure of itself, too. And that's... Deliberately paced movies are just so interesting to me. Because there's just such a level of confidence that... I think few people would have with a movie like this, making a movie like this, you know, there would be, uh, most people would cut it down a lot or, or would, uh, add some like larger sequence to it. Mm -hmm. But this is just, it is what it is the whole time. It's just, it's a guy processing his grief for (laughs) three hours and, that's a it's an important movie, and I'm glad it's made yeah I mean one of one of the things I knew about
2: this movie going in is that the opening credits don't hit until forty minutes into the runtime. That was one of the facts I knew. Um, and yeah, so speaking to the the deliberate pace you know the the it 's such a baller move to do that <laughs> it is. um that it is really fun when it happens but i 'll be honest, when it did happen, i did not I was not anticipating it because it did not feel like forty minutes had passed already like i no. knew I knew. Uh, the fact that it happened forty minutes in,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: then when it did happen, I was like, "This can't possibly have been forty minutes already." People yeah. must have been exaggerating that, <laughs> but um,
0: but you no, know, it, it was it was forty minutes. Well, it's um, all just setting the stage so
2: well, too. right? It it is such a yeah. Continuing off of what you said, that like a lot of movies wouldn't make time for a a, a, a prologue kind of sequence like the first forty minutes of this movie because it's like everything that is all the information that's conveyed in that 40 minutes is like revisited later Mm -hmm. like we he he talks about his relationship with his wife um and how she was sleeping with other people and like this dynamic between them how she would tell them stories after they made love all that sort of stuff it's all talked about later whereas a movie could be like okay since we have that exposition we don't need this earlier scene because that's what exposition is for But I think ultimately it makes the film so much stronger to have that because we see how it is in practice and we get more of the story than we would if someone else was trying to convey it. Because I think that's a lot of what this movie is trying to talk about is our limitations in being able to express ourselves to other people and kind of our limitations of uh, what we know and what we don't know about other people. Mm -hmm. Whereas getting that more objective view about it is very essential to that um in a way that it straight exposition wouldn't be.
0: Yeah, it's it's so interesting to hear like especially there's a there's a scene um fairly later in the movie where he is driving home the star of the play he's doing. Or driving to the his hotel or whatever, and they have just a conversation that I don't I'm not even sure how long it goes on for. It feels like it passes by in like minutes because it's just every word you're like hung on. Yeah. But it, um, it, I imagine it was probably like thirty minutes or something.
2: Um. But no, I, I know you because they have that slow build up before you just hit that moment where you're like, oh, he slept with the dude's wife, yeah. and you're just like. <laughs> yeah, like not just that he slept with the dude's wife, but like that they both know, know what, it. No, but it they're not gonna. Is, talk is about what? It, yeah, yeah, is what the moment is. Is that they're both without like explicitly stating it. Mm-hmm. It's like not only does he know. But he knows that he knows. Yeah. And now they're having that conversation. I love when that happens in movies. You know, that instantly hooks you. Yeah,
0: it's so... And just the the continuation. Because it starts with a story that the wife is, is trying to turn into a show um, that she's like working on. And the way that he gets this little extra piece. Because it had been years and he doesn't know... How the story ends and it, right. it's just this little like and he's getting the rest of the story from someone who heard it in such a situation that he would not have wanted him to hear it and you know like it's kind of an, an interesting um yeah no I, it's so good it's I, so good but it, yeah i
2: i think it's an incredibly powerful moment though because it is like you know it's more important to him to mm-hmm. know how the story ends yeah. than to get mad at this guy and like kick him out of the car um you know and I think that's a really it's 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 just such a it's such a like mature movie you know what I mean where it is very much just kind of like this uh this reflection on relationships that um I just, I. It's really appealing when movies, uh, you know, kind of have that or adult uh,
0: in that way. They, yeah, they, they have a, a level of of understanding of of human emotion and in a way of knowing how to process human emotion. That's not just like I hate you, get out of here. Right. Uh. It's a way of.
2: Of how they can, uh, you know, create like these these complex emotions and relationships between characters. This understanding that you know life is messy and sometimes you just kind of have to embrace the messiness. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's really it's really nice when movies do that instead of uh, go for like cheap melodrama right. or something. Or it's 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 just uh, it's it's not the typical. What am I trying to say? I don't it's know. I just... I. It's almost four a.m. I, it, so 4 a.m. <laughs> I don't know why we saved this one for last because this is the one I most want to talk, uh, yeah. you know, coherently about. But I'm struggling to find the words. I just think it's a really good, uh, really good
0: movie. <laughs> there's just there's such a, a good moment um, where he's he's talking to. Um, I'm trying to figure out character names, but he's, he's speaking to his driver Mm -hmm. and they have had this really deep bonding experience. They're driving to go to her childhood, um, Mm -hmm. childhood village or town or whatever it is. Um, and there's just this moment where she kind of lays this like really like heavy thought that like, yeah, it's something that you think about and you're like, yeah, of course, But it's when you're deep in the pits of of grief and uh, of um, like uh, disbelief, I suppose it's not one that comes to you. But she's just like, isn't it possible that your wife did really love you Mm -hmm. and also uh, was seeing other men? Like there, people are so much more complex than just this idea of oh, my wife was was seeing other men, so she didn't love me or didn't respect me or anything like that. And I think there is a certain level of that, and that is something that he has to struggle and wrestle with. But it's also this idea of seeing her as more of a complex person where she was also struggling with things. Obviously, they lost a child, and that was something that is very present throughout the entire movie. Clearly, there's the entire dynamic with the driver, who yeah. is the same age as his daughter would have been had she not passed. Yeah. So, there's, there's just a lot, man. There's, there, there's a lot, lot going on. I love on movies movie. that are just like, see people as people, man. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And I do like how,
2: because um, obviously half of this movie is the driving around, the car thing, mm-hmm. and then the other half is like the putting on the play. So and I, I do like how it... um it's one of those, it's just, it's great when everything just kind of clicks into place. I think this movie, Um. I think I, I it's one where I, as soon as I watched it, I was like, I have to sit on this movie for a while. I have to figure out how these pieces click into place. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of did for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I tried to formulate it in words and I couldn't really find the right words, but I love like the kind of the play as like a metaphor for the grieving process in terms of where, like, it's kind of like for a while it's like acting until you believe it you know like they're rehearsing this play and they're just like focusing on the on the words and the robotic uh reading of these words and stuff and then um it's it starts it's just like you know rehearsing uh the right things to say and the right uh conversations to have mm-hmm. and then eventually it you start to feel it kind of yes. thing and i like how that's uh subtly <laughs> conveyed uh through the uh through the rehearsing of this play Mm -hmm. um as well as obviously you have stuff you know like everyone in this play a lot of people in this play speaking different languages Mm -hmm. um the idea that um it's not necessarily all about the words it's about the emotions being conveyed it's just uh, it every single piece just ended up clicking for me at a moment and then Oh, it's just the fridge, fridge. It's just the fridge. It's the four AM uh, fridge, fridge monster.
0: <laughs> He's here. God, Mark, get out of there. Mark yeah. Raylan's is the fridge monster. I, I, <laughs> I wish it wasn't four
2: AM again because yeah. I, I'm struggling to find the right words to convey what I'm trying to express about this movie. It's fine.
0: Uh, <laughs> we're just we're just chilling, but. It's just it's it's good. It, I really really love the and en- ending, like not the ending before the epilogue part of the movie. Right. I guess is what you call it. Just that whole final scene of the play played out and the the quietness of it, mm. and just the just the reflective nature of it. And it's such a an interesting scene because it, it is just focused in on. Our our lead, who's I can't remember his name, Uh, Kafuku, probably is the last name. But yeah, Um, it's just so focused in on him, and he's playing this role that he just he doesn't want to play anymore but he has to we go on living you know like that's right. the oh, it's that's so what i mean yeah, yeah yeah
2: it's so good it's so good and speaking of the epilogue too, i think it's a very interesting note to end it on where you kind of it's just it's this very brief scene where mm-hmm. uh the driver enters the uh supermarket she's wearing a mask she picks up some groceries and she walks back out to her car and that's it mm-hmm. but i do think it's a very interesting little uh little just uh Period at the end of this, uh, you know, this long-running sentence, mm-hmm. um, but just kind of like it, this movie is entirely about grief, and the entire world has just been through, you know, these years of
1: yeah. of loss of yeah.
2: people dying. Um, and I think it's, uh, I think it's, you know, it's not necessarily needed, but I think it's another little bit of that kind of like, this is a therapy session kind of, kind of note to end it on, uh, where like, yeah, COVID happened, everyone's masked up and everything and, uh, life goes on, life
0: goes on. God, this movie is so good, dude. (laughs) This movie is so good. Um, yeah, I, it's just one that. It's You just get so wrapped up in as you're watching it. There, It's one that it's, like, hard to recommend. Like, it's the thing where, like, I'm just, like, you and me, we're into these kind of movies, these, like, very deliberate movies, but if you're not, you're just probably not going to like this, and that's okay, but, like, I don't know, it's one of the hardest ones to recommend, but it is also just, like, the best one, like, you know, so it's, like, well, what do you do? Yeah. Um if you if you take the time i'll say this if you take the time to really like allow yourself to get into the story and to let the let the the time just fade away and mm-hmm. just kind of let it it talk to you in in its own way you're going to love this movie yeah you just need to you need to put the time in and and uh you know put in the work put in the hours take what's ours, you know <laughs> A little bit of rock for you there. I hope he performs that at the uh,
2: Oscars. <laughs> well, why
0: would he be there?
2: <laughs> to promote uh, Black Red Adam. Notice. oh yeah. <laughs> um, to promote uh, League of Super Pets. Oh no, dear lord. And Jumanji 3. Oh dear lord, <laughs> no. <laughs> he's the rock, he's the biggest star in Hollywood. Where's his nomination, yeah, you know? honestly, he'll get one
1: eventually.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... Drive my car. It is just uh they should've gotten the Beatles song, you know? I love that little note that like they tried but just couldn't afford it. (laughs) Like damn. Yeah. Old Polly. Old old Polly M is like okay. That's my song. (laughs) That's mine. Um, mm-hmm. We're obviously very tired. Yeah, we really saved the one that we think... I think we have the most complex thoughts about for when we're the most sleep-deprived. But maybe that's when we get the best I, stuff. You know, you I know? think the thing is, it works,
2: though, because I think, you know, so much of this movie is about... It's about uh, not being able to... Uh, you know, the, the limits of expression, you know? Mm-hmm. Of, uh, you know how there's always going to be parts of another person that we're not able to completely understand because we're limited by the words we're able to use to express those things you know and like sometimes we find the right words and that's when we can process things or we can build relationships or stuff like that but sometimes we fail to find those right words so I think it actually kind of it all
0: works because we are (laughs) failing to find the right words yeah absolutely (laughs) Um, I saw a tweet today that was, like, uh, the, uh, the, not director, but the, uh, like, producer, I suppose, or casting director of the play, and Mm -hmm. his wife, just the most immaculate, like, just good vibes in a movie, I'm like, yeah, they really do, they've got great vibes. They do have good vibes. Yeah. That's another great little subtle bit where, um,
2: he's, where he's like, you know, uh, I have something to tell you, and you're like where he's like yeah where'd you learn sign language yeah. and he's just like oh uh 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 well you see it's great i love so, it because you know instantly what it is yeah. but then you know they still roll with it for a little bit longer uh yeah. you know <laughs> trusting the audience to understand what they mean uh but yeah, good vibes. Yeah, just, just all around, just immaculate Good vibe. vibes, except for the pedophile. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was... Such a weird note to just surprise throw in pedophile. there at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's the, uh, that's the biggest thematic uh, connection between these movies, you know? Surprise yeah. pedophiles at the end of the movies. Well, it was it surprise
0: at the end of... Uh, of, of licorice, licorice pizza. pizza? I don't know if surprise <laughs> is the right word. You know, that one's yeah. kind of, you could see from a mile away, but... Um... Let's be honest, we could see this one from yeah. a mile away. <laughs> he had bad vibes. He had bad vibes. Bad vibes the entire time. He killed a dude somehow. I'm like, what the hell did he do to that guy? <laughs> like, he was gone for like
2: a minute. Yeah, like, and it's so great when he's just like, can't change my clothes, you know? He's yeah. just like, he knows what's going <laughs> <He's> on. <common. like,
0: laughs> he's like, I admit it. I admit to everything. <laughs> All right, and I'm done here. <laughs> uh, can I go? Yeah. Um
2: and we knew and of course drive my car is going oh, to the win bit. Oh, yeah okay All right. um, the bit starting now because, Go for it. okay and of course drive my car was going to win because you know this is the new era for the academy you know mm. because yeah. they they parasite you know broke the the glass ceiling of uh foreign films for best picture awards and they're mm. just going to keep that keep that going you know yeah, they're going to they're going to drive that Car forward uh, oh. with drive my car, you yeah. Know?
0: Definitely the backlash to Parasite Winning from old racist people definitely won't change this from getting the yeah. love it deserves. Definitely not, right?
2: But you see, this movie's longer so than Parasite this movie's longer than
0: Parasite so that's why <laughs> they'll like it more you know oh, interesting that well they, it's got a lot of stiff competition because literally every movie this year is so long you know what else is long? this podcast yeah honestly how long is it 240 Oh, uh, it's shorter than Drive My Car so we did yeah, a good job true, exactly That's that's the thing. You get the emotional payoff at the end of the three hours of Drive My Car, Uh and you get to hear us talk about that emotional payoff at the end of the three hours of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get that kind of joy there.
2: So if you want to spend three hours before the Oscars tomorrow, through the one day that this podcast is relevant, uh, listen to this. Uh, People will
0: be talking about this. Yeah,
2: I mean, obviously, we uh, we have predicted the winner, so um, when when that clip goes viral on Twitter about us predicting the winner, you know, people will want to revisit the whole podcast to kind of see how we came to that conclusion and, uh, nailed that prediction. So with such ease, you know, ease. where it's, it's not only could we talk about all these movies with such, uh, complex words, uh, and express <laughs> ourselves properly. Um, and, uh, Plus a celebrity guest. Plus a celebrity guest, you know. But it's not just that we had a good discussion, it's that we used uh our our brain power uh it's and scientific them. method <laughs> to predict the winner with one hundred percent
0: uh Accuracy. precision. Yeah. So do you want to run through our, our our list then again and then we can uh call it?
2: Yeah. Uh, so my ranking of the Best Picture nominations, uh, number ten, Belfast, number nine, Don't Look Up, number eight, King Richard, number seven, Coda, number six, Nightmare Alley, number five, Licorice Pizza, number four, Dune, number three, West Side
0: Story, number two, Drive My Car, and number one, Power of the Dog. And then, so for mine, it's number ten, Don't Look Up, number nine, Coda, eight, Dune, seven, King Richard, six, West Side Story, 5, Power of the Dog, 4, Belfast, 3, Nightmare Alley, 2, Drive My Car, Licorice Pizza, 1. But again, Drive My Car, Licorice Pizza are like interchangeable. They're such different movies, they're hard to compare. They really are. Um, so yeah, guys, uh, thank you for listening to this insanely long podcast where I think you hear us get more tired as the podcast goes on. Uh-huh. Like, this might be our longest podcast we've ever done. Three hours? No, nah, we've done one this long before. Oh jeez, but I mean again, skip to the movies you've seen. Exactly, that's <laughs> the thing. It's going to be an evergreen. Podcast or the ones you're in interested in. Um, so of course, uh, you know, uh, join us next week. We're going to talk about why don't you play in hell. Obviously, this took precedent over that this week because we had some movies to get caught up yeah, on. We had too many to watch, but uh, we'll, we'll re- obviously talk about the Oscars next week on the podcast too, because that's you know. Well, we we what we do? We talk about movies on this podcast movies. sometimes when we're not tired. When we're not th- well, we talked about ten of them today, so I think everyone can shut up if they said we didn't. You can shut right up. <laughs> uh, if you want to find us around the internet, you can find Aaron at Honest Opinion on Twitter, mm-hmm. and of course Letterboxd. and right. then MyHonestOpinion.com. com. Right, you where you can see my interviews. picks for my picks for the best pictures of the year. Yeah, absolutely. The Aaron's go read them. And I was—I was gonna say delete them, but that's don't do that. Read them and weep. <laughs> yeah, because we of go. how emotional they are. You know mm-hmm. how good uh,
3: that, was, that was. Nice, I yeah. liked
0: that. And if you want to find me around the internet, you can find me at Jake underscore Lace on Twitter. Shake Lace on Tumblr. I have been I've been kicking around writing some more reviews again. Yeah. I, I've been kind of feeling the vibe. I've like I said, I'm a whirling dervish last week. I don't think I said those exact words. I don't words. think you said those exact words. I think I would have remembered. <laughs> that's a little that's a little kicking and screaming. The good one, well feral one, uh, for you. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. And uh, of course you can uh, read that there. And uh, letterboxed as well. Um, Yeah. But guys, join us next week. We're going to talk about uh, Why Don't You Play in Hell? And of course, as always, uh, Who be the boys? We beat it boys. See, I need a better I need a better outro, but for now it'll work.
2: You know what'd be a great outro to this podcast is inserting the, the fart sound
0: from King Richard just at the very end of this podcast. <laughs> it's, it's, I guarantee it's the exact same fart sound used in Coda. Like it sounded the exact same, same pitch, same everything. You know? Yeah. It's a, so, that's why it'd be the perfect, yeah. uh, perfect low perfect little Alright, that was a little brow, I'm sorry.